Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We've got a real cool guest sitting on our couch today. She does a whole bunch of things, but you've taken how many courses with us so far? Uh, just two, I think. Two, two. Not just. Those were, those were <laughs> just some solid fucking courses that you took. I know, but I want to do the kin tape one, so ah, make it great. Gotcha, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. Coming. Hey, everyone. It's Amanda. And yeah, Bobby Joe drove in from Bobby Newmarket Joe. to hang out with us because in a short span of her RMT career. She's only been practicing for two years. I think she said a week and a half ago was her two-year anniversary. And in that Happy time, she's done stuff Happy that I haven't done in 10 years. So uh, we're really excited to talk about some of the cool like things what? she's like what? done. Like, what? Uh, like work with post-surgical clients, which is kind of like the major thing I think we're going to talk about today because that, uh, yeah, I think that would scare the shit out of a lot of therapists. So uh, we're really excited to hear about her experience doing that. She has since moved on from working with post surgical and is now working with prenatal clients which she swore to herself she would never do and here she is two years into practice oh, okay. and she's doing it nice <laughs> let's hear about all of this transitional stuff i like it well first let's in- uh, let's get you to introduce yourself so for everyone listening just tell us a little bit about yourself what you were doing before massage therapy why you chose massage therapy and how your practice kind of went down the path that it did yeah so i'm bobby joe um and i went to school at algonquin college in ottawa you from ottawa no i'm from aurelia <laughs> so, how- so basically i went on the like when i decided i wanted to do rmt i went on the um cmto website and right. looked at like which colleges were getting the best marks on like With their stats yeah gotcha okay so yeah, for so for anyone that's not listening the the regulatory body for anyone that's not listening <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna wait and see if you caught that <laughs> unbelievable so the regulatory body the college of massage therapists of ontario we have two licensing exams that we have to complete to in order to become eligible to be a registrant with the college or a member of the college. So we have our, our practical, which is our OSCE exam, and then we have our MCQ, which is our theory exam or a written exam. I should call it a written exam instead of a theory exam. MCQ, multiple choice Yeah, and they used to. They, they, they stopped doing it now, actually. They used to publish the stats for oh, all of the anymore? schools. They don't do it anymore. They used to oh, publish I didn't the, know that. They used to publish the stats for all the schools in terms of how what the percentage of people that write the exam and how many them pass and and which exams they're passing and failing and how many attempts they've done and all the rest of it they don't do it anymore and i think a big part of why they don't do it is because school i know i know of a school that was on the receiving end of another school's marketing campaign that was using the oski stats to say don't go there oh. come here and if you've noticed on the website they stopped they stopped producing those stats since 2018 that was the last time the stats were up there That's you know when what? I graduated, fair, so I fair enough though because i did work at a private college and our program was actually really good but because it was a private career college the massage classes were quite small. So if you were graduating with five people and maybe only one person failed, that's going to bring down the percentage of passes. You know what I mean? So it, it also looks at the number of students in the class. And I think a lot of people would go on the CMTO website, see the percentage and be like, oh, their pass rate's low. And I'm like, yeah, but you got to look at the number of people in the class. Yeah. So they actually, they have like listed the number Yeah, they of people. had that listed, but I yeah, think yeah. a lot of people were just reading percentage. And so I feel like maybe this is- I feel like the stats should still be there. Yeah. But the school should just fucking have, you know, just be fucking grown up with your marketing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like why you, why you do have a smear campaign on another school? Would, yeah, I can't even believe a school would do that. It only makes them look bad. I've heard, and I've heard this 
this uh, three times coming from uh, from several people at the school that was on the receiving end of it. I think mm-hmm. I know who you're talking about, actually. But yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. terrible. Anyway, so you went on and saw that Algonquin had good stats and you were willing to pick up and move from Aurelia to Ottawa? Yeah. So it was, I think, Algonquin and Centennial were in like top three or four mm-hmm. um and like centennials in toronto so i was like oh, okay like that's a possibility but when i went and saw algonquin i was like yeah i want to be here plus i was so i'd finished high school did an extra year of high school because i'm like if i don't go to school right now i'm yeah. never going to go back to school like <laughs> so what did you Fair what enough. did you what did you do with your extra year of high school because uh, i know only f- like i'm i'm that old to me high school is five years yeah. Right? There's, there was OAC or grade 13 when I started high school and then that became the Ontario Academic Credit. So to me, high school is five fucking years. I had five gotcha. years too. Who you call an old? <laughs> you had OAC though. Yes, That's I had saying, OAC. Right? Yeah, so it was like 12B or whatever and it was like totally optional. You yeah. can do it if you want Are to. Are there a lot of people that do that? Uh, not a ton. Yeah. I had a few friends that did, but not like not a ton of people do. Mm. Um, a lot of people will either go straight to school or take a gap year and do something else. Right, but right, I'm right. like, if I take it off and just work like i'm never gonna go back to school like i know who i am yeah so at least you're mindful enough to recognize like if i do this i'm fucked yeah well and i remember being a kid and being like i'm gonna go to university and by the time i was done high school i'm like i don't want to sit and read books like i can't (laughs) um and i like got into music and stuff so i was very like music and art so like a lot of hands-on a lot of like you know but i'm like you you can't make a career out of music and art. So what can I do that's hands-on? Honestly, the arts is so hard. I yeah. look at people that are in the arts and I'm like, I don't know how you do it. It's a, it's a, it's a fucking heavy passion thing because it's so hard to make money at it. Yeah. It's like, so fucking you hard. You can, but yeah, you got to put in a lot of yeah. work. And we're not even talking about someone that's like, oh, I'm going to become famous and I'm going to become a, a great musician. We're just talking about someone that makes money in the field doing mm-hmm. stuff, whether, whether it's performing or composing or engineering or producing or whatever the case is it's 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 not it's not easy yeah no exactly and like i knew that i'm i'm like i'm not good enough art wise and i'm not like i'm not somebody who practices every day as far as like instruments so i was like (laughs) yep that's not gonna work anyway so yeah so i spent the extra year um basically took the like high school like kin course basically um which actually, like, it felt like a joke at the time. Right. But going into school, they'd be like, oh, this muscle and this thing, and you do this and this happens. And everybody's like, wow, amazing. <laughs> I've never heard of this. And I'm like, oh, actually, that course was useful last year. Cool. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> I learned something. Yeah. I'm like, it goes. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I actually know these muscles. Like, cool. Nice. And everybody else is like, that exists. <laughs> That's so true, eh? If you if you if you don't have exposure to like anything about to the body and how the body works, other than you know what you get in biology class in yeah. high school, and that's biology. So that's not even like human anatomy, physiology. That's just general biology. Yeah. Like yeah. you must be fucking blown. Why away. would you know? Well, I have I've had clients come in and they'll say, uh, I, I I tore my what is this like your quad muscle? You know, yeah. and they're holding on to their bicep. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And to me, that's like mind blowing. Like, how do you not? know where your quad is but then i'm like well why would you know if you've never studied exactly. anatomy and why had, would you and I've know had that so many people tell me like oh isn't it a shame that you don't know how your body works and i'm thinking like no it's not a shame because there's a plumber that's walking around going isn't it a shame that you don't know how your fucking toilet works you use it every day multiple times a day you don't know how it works <laughs> yeah and that's the same people that are telling me you you're in your body you live in your body it's a shame that you don't know how it works i'm like no did you just compare so. our bodies to our toilets we'll circle back a, to that a one. little bit <laughs> 
<laughs> you know I feel I mean. that's a little different, but okay. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Yeah, but yeah, like people don't don't no, know. They don't know. Especially like, yeah, you get all kinds of clients who are like, oh, you're on this muscle. And I'm like, nope, nope, not even close. Good try, though. I know we always joke about this, but still my favorite when someone's like, I tore my rotor cuff. I'm like, yeah, it's not a thing. Rotor cuff? Oh. Yeah. Rotor. I tore my rotor cuff. My, my boyfriend <laughs> kept saying, he's like, my trapezoid really hurts. I'm like, you're what? My trapezoid. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we were looking at something one day and it was like trapezius muscle. He's like, what's a trapezius? And then it like showed and was ever. And he's like, oh, oh have trapezoid. I been calling that the wrong? the whole time i'm like yep i just thought it was hilarious so i didn't really correct you i have a client (laughs) whom i've uh i've tried to refer to mark a couple of times i think she could benefit from seeing a kinesiologist in in conjunction with seeing me and every time she talks about him she's like oh i know you want me to see your kinesthesiologist i'm like yep i do (laughs) i'd like you to go see that kinesthesiologist Oh my goodness. I love it. So Algonquin and you're like, I got to be here. Yeah. So yeah, I went to see Algonquin and was like, yeah, this is the school I'm going to. Um, And yeah, so because I had done like the extra year of high school, whatever, but I was still like, what would I have been like 19? So it's like, yeah, four and a half hours. I'm far enough away from family that like, you know, she can't like my family can't come see me like every weekend. But I can still go home for like Christmas yeah. and whatever. And if you're still young enough, you can just fucking cross over into Quebec and, and booze your <laughs> face off. I get it, man. I, I went away to university and my parents were pretty much offering me like a sweet deal to stay in Toronto. Like they were going to pay for school if I stayed here. You're and they said, if you job. go they're like, if you go away, we can't because it's going to be like three times what it would cost if you yeah. stayed here in Toronto. And I was like, I just want to go away. I want to live on my own. I want to have some independence. So yeah, I ended up having to take it. I think I took out like 30 grand in student loans just yeah. so I could be away from home. It's the stupid shit you do when you're 19. Is that- <laughs> well, my thing is I'm from Aurelia, right? So it was like you're traveling either way. It's true. It's not like there's a lot. Well, but no, did wait, you ever what's... consider Georgian? I was just going to say there is something up there. So when I was looking at the um, numbers for like oh, okay, that yeah, year numbers and a couple years yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, because I had checked the numbers, I was like, mm, eh, like gotcha. they've had kind of a spotty couple of years. Where's Fleming? Go. Is Fleming close? No, that's... Peter Peterborough. 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 Never mind. Yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, somewhat doable, but not really. It's like basically the same as Toronto for me. Yeah. When you're coming from Aurelia. That's, That's true. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so Ottawa it is. You ended up there. It's not bad, though. It's a good idea. No, yeah. The only thing that I've found having gone to school in Ottawa is that I don't know a lot of people here. Like, I have connections at like four or five different clinics in Ottawa. Right. <laughs> Whereas here, I'm like okay, I need to refer or like, you know, whatever. And it's like, I know nobody. Mm. Like now that I'm two years in, I'm starting to know a couple of people. I'm like finally in like a multidisciplinary clinic where I can actually like refer. It's like, oh, you need physio? Go here. Right, right, right. Versus being like, hey, I have like three different friends in different places and I can be like, oh, go to this clinic and see so-and-so and and like, oh, do you know anybody? Mm. Because all of my friends know people in Ottawa, which Mm -hmm. is not helpful here. (laughs) Right. It's like, yeah, just drive four and a half hours. (laughs) (laughs) So what did you think of living in Ottawa? Being from Aurelia, was it a big difference or did you pretty much stick to home and school? Home and school. Yeah, home, home and school. Because that's like when I lived in London, I wouldn't say I experienced London. It was. I really don't know if there's much to experience. The in campus London. and no, the bars. The campus and the bars. <laughs> like that was yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. See, I didn't really like like party or drink a whole lot, so I didn't really like spend much time in bars either. Yeah, so me it either. was like campus. <laughs> like yeah, I I just 
didn't. You just stayed on campus. <laughs> so it was like pretty much campus. Um, and then, however, I did find a bar in Ottawa that I'm I'm a giant nerd. So I was really excited. There was one that's an arcade and they do pierogies that they make in-house. Mm. I like that. It's called House of Targ. And you go and they have like, you can do shots, you can have pierogies and you can play like ping pong. And I'm like, this is perfect. <laughs> this is the only place I need in this whole city. Did you do any like, like touristy stuff? Like, did you experience Ottawa? Because ah, you finish in April and you start in September. So you miss all the cool, like the Tulip Festival and all the cool summery Ottawa things. Mm. And you basically have like winter. They have Winterfest and stuff like that. And winter in Ottawa sucks. Yeah. It's, it's so brutal. fucking cold. It depends who you are. A lot of people love Ottawa me? in the winter because that's when you can but go skating so... on the canal. No, but you, you don't understand. Go... Like Ottawa is. They're both looking Tor- at me like, no. Because Toronto, <laughs> Toronto gets cold. Ottawa gets super fucking cold. So it's the Ottawa Valley, right? Yeah. So it's just flat. And like Toronto, everything is compressed and built up. Ottawa built out. And because of that, it's just wind right across. Yes, yes. And so it's just super cold. Oh, I'm not disagreeing with you guys. I hate winter. I'm just saying some people <laughs> listening might like this shit. I don't skate. I don't ski. I don't snowboard. In the winter, I hermit. My birthday's in February. Don't ask me what I want to do for my birthday because the answer is I want to stay wrapped <laughs> up in my bed and nobody talks to me. Snow, I don't mind, to be honest with you. I don't mind snow as much. I'm not a fan. I fucking don't like it. But I don't mind it compared to the fucking cold. Yeah, I, don't I don't like, like to fucking be cold. No, yeah, and, I don't, and I don't don't like what it takes to dress for cold weather. Like I'm not down to do that. I think I'm that's uncomfortable. The thing. I that. think that's the thing you hate the most. He gets annoyed if he has to put a jacket. I on. don't want to. I don't like jackets. I don't. I don't. I don't like hats. I don't like scarves. I don't like gloves. Yeah. I don't like boots. I don't want to wear the big, boots thick are my least socks. Favorite. Like I don't. I don't like that whole bit. I don't like that. I have to prep. I have to prep and leave an extra 15 minutes just so I can get dressed to leave the house. Yeah. And then when I come back in, I got to take an extra 10 minutes just to take all this shit off. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I don't like, like the comfy warm clothes i actually enjoy the thick socks and the boots and the hats and the like the scarves i like all of that what i don't like is when you get to your destination if you've had to stop and do things and whatever and you get somewhere and then you're sweating and you have to mm, take yeah. all of that off i'm like first i was cold now i'm sweating and then if you're not staying long and then you got to put it all back on and go out again then you go from sweaty to cold like that's actually torture well and then after you like take it off and you're like sweating then you're cold when you're inside yes. because you're like sweating you're sweating yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's it's brutal. I, I, the, one of our first, like, I can't remember. When did I get that, that Mazda 3? 2014. So the winter of 2014, I didn't have snow tires on my on my car yet. They were all season, but I don't, I'm not a, an all season tire type mm-hmm. of person. Unless I'm driving a big fucking truck. And, and at that time, I wasn't. This is when I was working in Brampton and I was living right around the corner from here. So I'm driving to Brampton. It's fucking, it's the, it's the first bad snowfall. I get on the 401. I probably move about three exits. It takes me over an hour to move three exits. It was actually early 2015, and it was so bad. I canceled all my clients that day. Like was this, I was, no, I was staying within. About... I was staying within Toronto. I know mm-hmm. exactly when you're talking about. It was early 2015 when I walked home. Yes, and I had just gone back to work right, after right, having okay. so, our daughter. But it was the winter. It was. The, the, it was the, the year that I got my car. Yes, so and I bought my it was car in 2014. Horrible day. Yeah. So I, I find I'm, I'm like deciding. Okay, I'm not even going to bother trying to go to work. I'm going to pull off the highway. I'm going to find a Canadian tire. I'm just going to roll in there and have them put on snow tires. And however long it takes, however long it takes, if I'm not going to work. Mm-hmm. So I end up going across to Leslie, which is, I don't know, maybe about seven exits away from where we are. So it took me fucking forever because it took me over an hour to move three. So it took me fucking forever to get there. I finally get in there, pull in, skidding all the place, pull in. And they're like, it's good. It's a, this is a bad day for this dude. 
I'm like, I, I understand that, but like, I, I can't, I won't be able to move around. He's yeah, like, yeah. it's going to take about eight hours. Your Yikes. car's not going to be ready for eight hours. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not sitting here for eight hours in Canadian Tire. And, this, he, yeah. and he wouldn't, have, I mean, I would have said, I'll come get you, but he wasn't going to ask like me with my like five month old yeah. baby uh, to get in the car and come get so him. So <laughs> I decided, fuck it, I'm going to walk home. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to yeah. walk home. And normally this would probably be an hour, an hour and a half walk, maybe okay. two tops. Yeah, yeah. It probably took me about three hours to get home. And, and then by the time I was home, like I had icicles on my eyebrows. Yeah. It was just like, I was just covered in <laughs> snow. He comes I was in, he's like, it was like walking through Middle Earth. You don't, you don't, you don't understand. <laughs> it was like that. It, actually, it was more like it was more like if you if you've ever seen uh, that GI Joe, the animated series, like the very first movie. Anyway, I felt like I, like Snake Eyes with the radioactive crystals walking through the Arctic. Anyway, that's what I felt like. That's what I was telling myself the whole time. I shit you not. I get home. I take off all my wet shit. I take off my boots. Canadian Tire calls me. Says your car's ready. Oh, <laughs> I'm like Jesus Christ. Had I known it was gonna be three hours, I just would have kept my fucking ass there. But I'm like, you yeah, told this me. Eight. You told me eight hours. I'm not spending all day here. Holy shit. Yeah. Anyway, that was a good day. Good so, time. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't do the. I, I. I'm not a fan of the cold. That's where that came from. I mean, living in Aurelia, you're in between That's two true. lakes. It's yeah. lake effect weather. Like even now, like living in Newmarket, I'll be like talking to my mom. I'm like, oh, I get. You know, an inch and a half of snow. She's like, I got six feet. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I don't live up there. It's literally an hour difference. I know. It's insane. And she'll have like literally multiple feet more snow. I'm so happy we're having this conversation because anytime Mark and I talk about possibly leaving Toronto, nope. I've got very strict nope. rules about where we will and won't go. Yeah. And a couple of times he said like, he'll show me properties in like Barrie or Innisfil. At, they're nice properties. But and it, I'm like, it's, it's no, me. It's the snow. Lake effect weather. No, I'm not <laughs> doing it. No, I agree with you. And I just talked shit. I wouldn't do that either. It's too cold. I'm really glad to know you would. <laughs> I don't even want to leave my house. I, I, I'm like, I want to be in a condo where I don't even have to shovel snow. <laughs> yep. I yep. want someone else to clear the shit for me. It's true. Part of the reason that we live in a condo is no landscaping, no shoveling. Nice. Yeah, I'm too lazy for that. We don't even we don't even have to remember garbage day. No, oh, beautiful. It, it is beautiful. <laughs> That's super handy. Yeah. It is beautiful. I know. I've had to shovel because like the snow, like the last couple of years has been like, oh, here's a little bit of snow and then it melts in two days. Yeah. I've shoveled my driveway like four times in the nice, last two years nice. and I like will put it off to the very last minute I'm like all right like it's been a couple days forecast is still looking bad I guess I should do this I have a buddy <laughs> from Ottawa when he was living <laughs> when he was living in Toronto his his living setup was kind of unique where he lived with his grandparents and blah 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 so he was like he was a really kind of able to just go and do whatever he wanted from being a little fucking kid like I remember when we were in in elementary school so like grade school we had auditions to go to St. Mike's Choir School, which is downtown Toronto, downtown, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right? And so we did these auditions like in grade one. So we were like five or six years old mm -hmm. and he got chosen. You can, you know, your audition was great. You can come to the school. His grandparents were like, okay, cool, go. This guy was taking the subway at like seven years old from Boy. Scarborough to downtown by himself. Yikes. Just back and forth. Like, I mean, it was a completely, it was like early 80s, but nonetheless. <laughs> but still, like, we don't let our kids, like, go in my parents' backyard without somebody watching yeah. them. You know so, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, it, but it's funny because, like, he was the dude of the house that did all the, the stuff. So when he used to have to shovel, he would literally only shovel the driveway enough at the end of the driveway, just enough to get the car in. And if you didn't approach it at the right angle, <laughs> there was no <laughs> way you were getting in the driveway. Oh, my God. Yeah, so... 
I live in like a basement apartment right now. Mm. And so the upstairs people didn't have a car. So they wouldn't worry, but they're like, I don't care. Like, I don't have to park a <laughs> not car. Not my circus, not my monkeys. So I would shovel enough to get my car in, but then they would have friends over and park in the only, only spot that I had spot. shoveled. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> no. No, oh, no. I was so mad. Oh, like, my I shoveled a spot for me, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is not for you. You don't have a car. Get out of my spot. Oh, man. That's funny. Fuck it. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm mentally preparing for the cold because I feel like we're going to get a, like a long, cold winter. I don't know why I think why that. Why do you say things like that? I don't know why. I don't know why. I just, I just, get, the, I just get the feeling. I get the feeling to the COVID thing and now long winter. I just feel like it's, it's the icing on the cake. To, I feel like it's like, going to feel worse than it is, though. Because, yeah. because, because of all of 2020 on. has been yeah. a shit show. I am actually not going to lie on this one. I'm secretly hoping for another shutdown because I didn't get to enjoy the shutdown hate mail before. to Mark. <laughs> I'm secretly hoping for it. I'm secretly. It, it's, it's not a secret anymore. But you know what I yeah. mean though? Because I didn't enjoy the first one. It's like if, in retrospect now I'm like, fuck, I should have just enjoyed just waking up and not, not just not thinking and worrying about stuff and just enjoying the opportunity to be still. Yeah. And I didn't do that. And now if that came again, I'd be like, I'm fucking all over this. Like, I won't worry nearly as much as I did before. I wouldn't be trying to figure out how I'm going to keep my business afloat and all the rest of it. Mm. Yeah, we played Magic the Gathering every day. and uh, So you had a good. Watch Netflix. That was pretty much it. You yep. had a good. You had a good. I don't know what Magic the Gathering is. Should I know? It's a card game. Yeah, Magic it's Cards. Big. Why don't I know anything? Man. She's, 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 she's a nerd like It's that. like big nerd shit. She just said she's a nerd. <laughs> She told me she has a whole D&D &D thing coming up this week. I, yeah, so I have <laughs> like three Halloween one shots that I'm running and then I'm playing in another campaign as well. Mm. And then I think we're also going to do a, like a normal session, but I'm not sure. I think we're doing one tonight, actually. Are we still going to use like, I think the word nerd has a different meaning now because like it's cool to be a nerd. So yeah. do we still use the same term or is there mean? like a new term for like the no. cool nerds? What do you mean? What do you it's mean? just nerd? Yeah. What are you okay. talking about? Well, before... Nerds were nerds, but it wasn't cool to be a nerd. Right, but now it's like but super now cool to be cool. a nerd. Yeah, but now you're, you're still a nerd. You're still a nerd. You're it's just, just cool. Now. You're just cool now. Okay, yeah. got it. I'm just trying to keep <laughs> up. I don't know anything before, about these games. And before you were a deadbeat, and that was cool. And, and now, now it's, it's not, not so cool no, to now be now a deadbeat. You're, yeah. you're still, you're still a, deadbeat, a deadbeat, but, but now you're not cool. cool right? Okay, I got it. And jocks are always in the same spot. They always were. Jocks are just jocks. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to keep up. All right. Well, we should probably get back to massage. Okay. Yeah, I know. I said introduce yourself, and then we've gone on every tangent. So yeah, you went to. Algonquin how did you find school was it very difficult for you were you really into it so it like okay I'm a terrible student so I'm very much the one who like like skims the content 20 minutes before the exam but I still ace the exam so you're, so you're not student. a terrible you're actually you're actually me and I get it I was that student and it, it like I didn't put enough effort in but, but it's I not do, enough but I you, put in, you put in enough effort to get right. what you needed not even to get what you needed to get what you wanted and you wanted a high grade and you put yeah. in whatever effort took you to get a high grade I remember our first like, like test or whatever that we did I like everybody was so mad because the the teacher comes out and is like so the highest grade was a 99 and the lowest was a 20 and everyone's like, who got the 99? I'd be like, who got the fucking 20? I, I'm sitting there like, who the fuck got a 20? And I'm like, I got the 99. Nice. But I was like, didn't want to tell anybody. I'm like, nope, no, nobody you keep it needs to, yourself. to know. <laughs> yeah. um, 
And because I had like got like an hour of sleep, but also didn't study for that exam. Yeah. So it's like I went in sleep deprived with no knowledge, skimmed the like whatever notes I had like 20 minutes before the exam. But you did have knowledge. Like if you were sitting in class and the teacher's speaking to you, like is that information going? It, it obviously is. Like it's it's being retained somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And I'll make little jot notes and yeah. stuff. It's not anything that you could like look back and be like, that makes sense. Right. But it's like enough that I'm like, it oh, was I enough get what for that you. Means. Exactly. Because yeah. you go to a class and you learn and in the you class. Listen. Yeah. There's so many people that go to a class and their intent is not to learn in that moment. Their intent is to gather information so I can go learn it at my own pace, my own style, another time when I'm not here. Or so they, I'm just sitting here writing notes, writing notes, yeah. every yeah, single yeah. thing this fucking person is saying I'm writing it down and everything they highlight doing. every single line yeah, in the every, book every <laughs> yep, yeah yeah no I'm very much like I'm like say it to me I will like need to skim some information later because I'm not gonna remember like everything you said it gets in yeah. but not all of it well, that's the thing is all you need is the retrieval and you're like yeah okay I remember what was said in class and then you're exactly good. yeah 20% to me says there's 80% of the shit you have no fucking clue on yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's what it is 80% of the stuff you just don't know but that could also be the person who has like I mean it could have been someone who didn't study at all didn't understand anything so at that time I, I was gonna say know 80% it, of the it stuff. could be the person who's in class that has no idea what's going on, but is afraid to ask questions. Yeah. Like there's always those students, right? Like they don't want to ask questions. They have the intent to, okay, I'll figure this out later, but then they can't figure it out on their own. And then multi, um, combine that with test anxiety. Like I'm realizing more and more how yeah, many people yeah. have like severe test anxiety and just freeze and they second guess everything they read because they were in class and like, I didn't even understand what was going on when I was in class. When you're paying yeah. for school like that, like I, I, I get what you're saying, but I wish it wasn't like that. I don't yeah. know why it's like that because if you're paying to fucking be there and you want to know what's going on in the moment, why would you be fucking scared to ask a question? Let's say you're in a class of 30 people. Yes. If they think the other 29 people in the class yes. know what's going on because so they're yes. looking around and everyone seems to know what's going on, yes. they might be too uncomfortable to ask a question for fear of looking like the idiot. So they don't say anything. I'll tell you what. If I you, agree if you, with you if that you they like should that, ask a question. If you're a student and you're like that and you think you're going to look like an idiot, fuck it. Just look like an idiot if that's what you think is going to happen. Get what you need out of the school that you pay to yeah. go and learn from these people just do it and at the end of the day no one is going to give a fuck well and chances right? are somebody else has the exact same absolutely. question and For they're sure. also too afraid to ask it absolutely well that's why i'm saying there's always those students that just they're too afraid to ask questions and i really feel bad for them i know like I, I I didn't really teach. I was just doing clinic supervision, mm -hmm. but I would try to find the people that I'm like, I know you have no idea what's going on right now. Uh, yeah. You know, just to, like, do you understand this? Do you see what I'm saying? And sometimes it's something is so simple just for somebody to break it down in a different way. There was one student I that I had in clinic and his notes were not great like his, mm -hmm. his clinic notes were not great and so I started giving him ideas of different words he could like because I would ask him okay what assessments did you do what happened mm -hmm. what did you and he could verbalize everything to me but then somehow he wasn't able to write them down it was as simple as me saying okay so what was the result he's like well I don't know and I just started giving him words like okay the tissue became more pliable like did you feel a change what happened he's like oh, I don't know it kind of felt softer I'm like okay so write that in your notes and yeah yeah you don't have to write it like like it's been taught to you like it's been told write yeah. it how 
you understand Yeah, so it. he felt like, okay, if I found a trigger point, but I don't feel that the trigger point release, then how do I say that? And I'm like, okay, but this is, you know, I, I, he's like, I felt like the tissue got softer, but I wouldn't say that it's better. I'm like, okay, but that's not what we're looking for. Just write exactly what happened. And just yeah. me sitting there with him, giving him words to mm. use, he was like, oh, okay. I, yeah, okay. I can write these notes. Yeah. I feel like there's definitely a combination of like the anxiety or the just not knowing, but also with like low grades like that, there's definitely people who go to school just to go to school. Oh, for sure. Massage yep. is very much something that like seems a little bit more niche to me where it's like, why would yeah. you just go to do that if you don't want to? My first year teaching in, in like a second cohort, core cohort, how do you say the fucking word? Cohort. Cohort. I can't, <laughs> I can't say it. You just told me how to say it. My tongue doesn't work that way. Cohort. Cohort. Core. Core. I can't do it. <laughs> he was probably in his early no late 50s maybe even early 60s no okay. late 50s late nah he was probably in his early 50s late 40s and uh he had no desire to be a massage therapist he took the whole program he did well mm -hmm. i think he used to work with metal or glass or something like that okay and uh he had no desire to be a massage therapist so why did he take the program it was just interesting too but i mean if he made it through the whole program he was still learning things like oh, yeah, there's yeah, people yeah. who go in and they're just like i'm just here because i have to do something yeah yeah that happens probably a lot with uh straight out of high school kids straight out of high school yeah, I, could. I would imagine i mean what do i know but... well and that's why i did the extra year right because it's yeah, that like you wouldn't be one of those i'm like i don't know what I want to do. Right. And then I think I figured it out the summer before I started my extra year. And I was like, how'd you figure it out? Fuck. <laughs> how'd you figure it out? How'd you figure it out? Um, it was basically somebody had been like, oh, my neck hurts. And I was like, okay, let me massage your neck. And then they were like, that feels better. And I was like, shit, I could like get trained and like make money doing that. Yeah. And like, I'd been giving my mom massages since I was like a little kid. Cause yeah, like, yeah. so we lived on a farm and like, she did like hard work. Um, so she'd come in at night and just be like, can you just like massage my neck? And I'd be like, I'm like eight. And I'm like, sure. <laughs> and, um, then she would like fall asleep in my bed and I have to kick my mom out of my bed so I can go to sleep at eight. <laughs> what kind of farming? Uh, we had horses, uh, draft horses. Mm, interesting. But, uh, Farms are fascinating to me. Yeah. My grandparents have a dairy farm. They used to, they sold the, the cows and then three months later got beef cows. Um, and then we had horses and then my other grandparents had, I think just like a mishmash of everything. Right, right. We had someone here that, uh, what did she do? She milked water buffaloes. Water buffaloes. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. She did that. And she was telling us stories about it. I'm like, she's telling us a story. <laughs> how, <laughs> how like it, when she was doing it in the winter and her hands would be so cold and she'd see one taking a piss, she'd like go put her hands, just oh, like no. piss all over my hands. It's so warm. Oh my God. Yeah. It's a little strange, but <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I, knew, I knew where you were going with that and it still yeah. made me want to throw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, so like it's something that I'd been doing since I was a kid. And then like somebody just one day was like, Oh, can you massage my neck? And it helped. Nice. And I was like, I could get trained and like, this could be my career. And I realized that all of the things that I had been looking at, like, oh, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do this, but nothing was sticking. Mm -hmm. They were all healthcare or like pain management. So it was like anesthesiology, pharmacology. And right. I'm like, oh, like I can go and do something that like helps the body heal naturally as opposed to like, here's a bunch of drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also, I mean, anesthesiology is a lot of like math. Not good at math. <laughs> So like, I, I, I was like, like mm, I'm going to kill somebody. Like, I'm nope, not doing that. <laughs> <laughs>
I want I want a, I want a job where I can cause minimal damage to people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to yeah. work in healthcare, but nobody's ever died from a massage. You so know, this is I, had, I, had yes, exactly. I had an interesting conversation with a dude on Facebook today, sort of a sort of on this topic, and we were talking about the, the massage therapy field. He's 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 been starting to get. He, he actually fucking used to have a farm. He's been uh, very active on Facebook and the massage therapy groups lately, and okay. so he'd ever once in a while, you know, shoot me a couple messages like, "Hey, check out this," or "I've said this here," and blah 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 blah, mm-hmm. and uh, really really cool guy. I enjoy our conversations and today we were talking about the profession a little bit the groups that he's he's making a lot of comments in and contributing to the conversation is is a lot about ways to make the profession better mm-hmm. like evidence informed stuff and you know progressing the profession and then today I just kind of we've talked about Amanda and I have talked about this before I kind of shot him the idea I'm like wait just a minute let's, let's just also consider something completely different mm-hmm. let's consider that maybe this profession doesn't need to be better Maybe this profession is perfect the way it is. Maybe it's ex- it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. There's a whole bunch of variety in this profession. You've got your heart, you got your hardcore evidence based people over here, and then way over here, you've got your your your, your quote unquote woo woo reiki people and everything else. And nothing's wrong with that. You know, I've got no problems with that at all. And I think there's a place at all of it in the landscape. And maybe this doesn't need to be made better. And if you think you need to make it better, maybe you're just in the wrong place. Like maybe this is fine the way it is and you just don't want to be just doing this. That's and so then my further, my further suggestion is, well, then maybe these people need to go back to school and get more letters behind their name that allow them to do the things that they think would make this profession better because this is potentially just what it is. And then we start to get onto the, co- the conversation of education. And and we were talking about kind of being on the lower end of healthcare. And I was like, well, this that's the attractive part of being a massage therapist. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take a lot to get into school, mm-hmm. right? School doesn't take very long to go through. Yep. And you're in healthcare, but you are on the lower end of healthcare. So mm-hmm. why are we all shocked when you we look at this and we're seen by other healthcare professionals as being on the lower end? Fuck, we're even seen as the general public being on the lower end. I mean, everyone's trying to get us to jerk them off. Like, that's how... <laughs> <laughs> That's how low on the healthcare poll we are, right? The average Joe's wanting me to touch his fucking dick. So it is what it is. And if you want to make the, a, a change with what you're doing and you think if something needs to be better, then maybe this is just not the field for you. I, I don't know. It was something to consider. Yeah, no, like there's so like there's so much that you can do with massage. Yes. And there's so many like ways to go about it. Like um you can work in a spa and just do that all day if you exactly. want or you can go and get like like i've done the cupping course here i've done pelvic floor i'm looking at doing kin taping i'm looking at doing anatomy trains i've worked with like post-surgical prenatal um like all of these things and it's like if if you want to be doing more complicated things and working like more like more healthcare like stuff yeah. like higher up in healthcare then it's like okay like you're not wrong. Like if it's like, oh, like kin might suit you or physio might yeah. suit you, like go do that and incorporate that into your practice. You can totally like make those bounce off of each For other. Sure. And there's so much to do in this field alone. Like you're yeah. saying, like you want those things. It's there. Yeah. You can go make that happen. There's so, yeah, there's so much variety and there's, and there's, va- there's value in all of yep. it. It's all yeah. very fucking valuable. Well, yeah. And we have talked about this where the core training for massage therapy is to get you the basics, to be safe and yeah. effective and to understand the body well enough to be able to look at somebody, figure out to a certain point what is possibly going on 
Mm -hmm. And then you determine, do I have the knowledge to treat this? Do I need to refer to someone? And being able to say like, this is who maybe you should go see. And then it also might spark this interest in you. I want to go take more continuing education and more training and learn how to specialize with this population of people. Even if you wanted to just hover and be that person that only knows the basics and I only do the basics. And that's what my skill set is. There's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. There's still tons Although of value. Although the CMTO says there might be something wrong with that considering we have to do continuing education. So you need to know a little more than the basics. No, 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 no. But but also their continuing education is all based on what you feel you need yes, for your practice. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So you can hover around at baseline level. And I don't think there's a problem with that. Just understand what you are. Know your role in the fucking universe. Understand what you are. Like I got the I got a friend, he's the dumbest guy I've ever met in my fucking life. He's like a <laughs> He's the, he's a dumb he's a dumb dude okay. and I love him because he knows he's a dumb dude yeah. and doesn't pretend to be anything else. He does what he does and he knows his place and I think that's fucking fabulous. So if you're the therapist that knows baseline and you're comfortable with that, that's that's just do that and you, there's still value in everything you do. I don't know, maybe I made no sense at all. Yeah, like even just in like, like shut up. <laughs> like my like in my program like in the year like like my graduating year um, we had people who very obviously were going to end up working in spas and that's all they're ever going to do. And that's all they probably wanted to do. And yeah, like, and that's like, there's nothing wrong with that. But then you have people who like every day were on like new things yeah. or like posting like new techniques. They're like hardcore studying yeah. and like all of this. And I'm like looking at them going, oh, what is happening? <laughs> I'm like, that's a lot. What is going on over there? Says the girl who ended up working in a very, very specialized oh, yeah. area. I can't so. wait to talk about <laughs> yeah, for sure. But it's like, like I'm not like I will study what I need to know now. And I'm like, like if somebody walks in and they have a condition that I haven't seen before, I will go and research that condition. Yeah, yeah. But prior to that, I'm not thinking, you know what? I should make sure I know every single possible thing that I know because it's not possible. And then you're not going to be great at what you do. Like know what you know really, really well and be okay with saying, yeah, I'm, I'm not great in that area and you know you might know somebody to refer to or you can say I'll do some research I'll figure it out I've definitely said to clients like you know I'm not a hundred percent sure why this is happening to you but let's see if we can figure it out and that's the whole point of putting them on a treatment plan and we try things and you know we're body mechanics we'll figure it out and if we can't somebody will yeah Yeah. and figuring out like like figuring out your goals and where you can fit into their treatment plans exactly it's like okay like Maybe I don't know anything about that condition, but you know what I do know? That condition is going to cause you a lot of pain and a lot of like like muscles reacting to certain yep. things. And so I can like, help you with that. Mm-hmm. I can deal with that. Everything else is totally. And then I'll no send idea. you to my kinesthesiologist. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. <laughs> right? Yeah. I can't help. I, I, I can't correct her anymore. It would just be rude. I corrected her the first couple of times. Now we're just sticking with kinesthesiologist. Yeah, you're beyond the correction. <laughs> this is the same yeah. with trapezoids, I think. Yeah, we're, yeah. Just, we're just keeping it's it. It's like okay. when you don't know someone's name and you've been hanging out and having conversations with them for so long. You can't. It's impossible. Like, how do you bring up like, yo, didn't really catch your name <laughs> yeah. five months ago. Oh, my <laughs> and God. Now you're my best friend. <laughs> the worst is when you're like Toby. mid-treatment and you've forgotten the person's name. And 
I do that. Thank God that's never happened to me. I really? do it all the time. I'm like, oh shit, who am I working on right now? But it's okay because it's just you and that other person in the room. So you, no, no, it's not like you're having a conversation with a billion people yeah, and you're yeah, trying so to you direct can just it go, towards hey, them. How's, how's exactly. this? Whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you never have to bring up their name. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because, yeah, I'll go like, was this so and so or was this the other person? Oh no! <laughs> oh no! I actually don't even use the person's name when I'm talking with them a lot. Like I feel it's I feel I don't know. It's just me. I feel strange. Like if you and I are having a conversation, that I'm going to constantly say, "Hey, and Amanda, and Amanda." I'm like, I'm, I'm talking to you. Why am I? I don't Most know. people yeah. don't. I have one client who's like, "So Bobby Joe, blah blah blah," and she's like, "Oh, Bobby Joe, what about this?" Yeah, it's... and I'm just like. This is so unusual. It's like <laughs> it is unusual. I just just not used to it. I'm like I don't hate this, but this is it's, like it's different for what me. What is happening? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a client who does that as well, and but she says my name in like a different tone of voice and I know what's coming based on the tone of like voice what? that she said <laughs> my <laughs> name. <laughs> so for example, if there's something that's not to her liking, she's not she's not a pain in the butt client. She's actually very wonderful. But if there's something that's not to her liking, it's Amanda. And I know that's, you know, like Amanda, it's, like, very, what am I doing wrong? it's very cold in here. Okay. I'll, you know, I'll get another blanket. <laughs> she's like, Amanda, you're like, what? You no, know, I, something's you're like, what do you want now? And then sometimes <laughs> if she's going to say something nice about me, it's, it's a different tone of voice. She'd be like, Amanda, like it's, I don't know. It's just, I, I know based on how she says my, but she starts everything she says with, with my name. name. Yeah. Very weird. So if I'm with her for 90 minutes, it's 90 minutes of me hearing my name in different tones. <laughs> <laughs> When you haven't heard your name said in like yeah, months. It's so weird. I, what I was going to say, though, is you, uh, you've told this story before. You had a client whose name that not only did you forget her name, but I guess maybe you hadn't seen her in a while and you forgot her face and you reintroduced yourself to a client you had already seen. And I've, she's like, yeah, we oh met. Goodness. Like, I saw I've, you last month. I've done that so <laughs> many times. When I used to work at, at other people's clinics, like as an independent contractor, I was always doing that while I was teaching because I was teaching almost full-time like right as soon as I started teaching and so I would have all of these part-time clinic places so I'd be at this one place and I'd be there like three evenings a week and this other place mm -hmm. two evenings a week and this place here you know one Saturday and so I and then these places were like rehabilitation clinics like they're just rolling through MVAs like crazy most of them and if it wasn't a rehab clinic like that was rolling through MVAs it was just like a super 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 busy multidisciplinary clinic like this mm -hmm. last multi multidisciplinary clinic I was working at there was like three chiros there all at one time like four physios all at one time there was there was six massage rooms like this was such a busy fucking place was busy, mm -hmm. yeah. like i don't remember everyone that i'm seeing all the time and i i've done that at that one place several times hi i'm mark i'm your therapist today like yeah dude you fucking massaged me last week I'm like, Shit. <laughs> yeah. so i have two clients and they both have the same first name and the same first last initial and they are different ethnicities. So one is an Asian girl and one is um, Italian. Yeah. But I never remember, like the last names are not super telling. Mm. So I've had days where I've come out and I'm like looking for this little Italian <laughs> girl and there's like this like lovely Asian girl sitting there and I'm just like, oh, hello. And then I'm like, oh, it's you. <laughs> like, You're my client today. I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're like, oh, hello, as you look around for somebody else. Yeah. She's like, um... I'm like going over to the receptionist. Aren't, aren't she's next? like, oh, aren't she's next? right there. And I'm just like... Oh, the one I stared right in the face. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I was looking for an Italian girl. I'm sorry. Yeah, the one I asked, have you seen an Italian lady? Yeah. Was she, was she sitting here by any chance waiting? I know. I felt so bad the first, like, the first time it happened. I was like, 
Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that shit happens to me all the time. All the time. That's okay. Well, all now with with people with masks on, um, there's a client of mine who was actually on our podcast when we did an episode with conversations with clients and her and her husband both came for treatment last week. And so when they came in, they waved to Mark in the back. Like she knows him. She's sat on the couch. She's had a conversation with him. Mm-hmm. So no he idea. just he just politely waved. And then after they left, like, he that? said, who was that? And I was like... It was my cl- like you know her, and he's like, oh, I don't know, but everyone's in masks now, yeah, so man, he had no idea what? who he was waving to. Yeah, <laughs> I had somebody who's eyes. like, look at my cute baby, and I'm like, a picture of her with her baby, and I'm just like, this is the first time I've seen the bottom half of your face. It's like it's it's in this picture, so weird. It's trippy when you're when you when <laughs> when he's teaching now, like he will show me, so I get to see the group photo that they take, and yeah. sometimes he'll try to like, you know, if somebody's following us on Instagram or something, he'll try to tag them in the photo, mm-hmm. but then he'll go to their Instagram page and he'll say to me, "Does this person look like this person?" I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> just in general, I'm not good with facial recognition. Like I suck at it. Period. Like if if I was to see you right now and you were to walk down the street, we bump walking down the street. I wouldn't know, like it. It's all about context. You're in our classroom. You're on our couch. I know yeah. who you are. In, in another situation, I have no fucking clue. So I'm horrible when it comes to. So I, I try to match the person's eyes, yeah. you know, in the masked photo to mm-hmm. like one of their Instagram photos. I'm like, yeah, that looks about. Yeah, she's got glasses. Yeah, she's got curly hair. Yeah. <laughs> Even pre-COVID, I was horrible at that. I'm like, can you That's tell me, true. does this person look like this person? Like, I have no idea. They, everyone looks the same to me. It's just, I don't know. Oh, boy. It's horrible. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's do a, a segue that doesn't make any sense and talk about your your interesting career choices. choices. Well, why don't we start with actually, when you finished school, did you have an intent of what type of clients you wanted to work with? Um, So I kind of had, I had interest in going into like, I kind of wanted to go hospital, rehab, post-surgical. Like I was kind of why interested in that. Um, Because I felt like I could make a big difference there. Like there's a lot, there's a lot going on with those conditions mm-hmm. and you can make a big difference that way. Did you only start to feel like that after you were registered or did you feel like that when you were in school? Um, so I had kind of been interested in it and then I did an outreach that mm-hmm. um, I worked with somebody who had had a hip replacement and was basically, she was I think four weeks post-surgical mm-hmm. and it was like six weeks of seeing her and helping with her rehab. Um, and that was like, that was the whole outreach. Such a good experience to have in school because as I was saying to Bobby Joe, before we turn the mics on, this is the type of job working in like post-surgical rehab that I think a lot of therapists might shy away from and not feel confident enough that they have the skills and the knowledge to do that. Mm -hmm. Was there any like fear or doubt in you that like, I don't know if I can, I can deal with something so huge or were you just like, I'm going to do this and I I can help these people. So when I was in school, when I was doing the um, the outreach, I had one day where I put heat on a hip replacement and mm-hmm. you're not supposed to do that. She was like, she's like, I was in pain for a couple of days and now I feel great. And I was like, good. I'm <laughs> glad I didn't. Glad, like- you, glad you feel good. Yeah. But oops. <laughs> yeah. And so I think after making a big mistake like that, I was like, you know what? Like, this is not that scary. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it's like, like you've made that mistake. You learn from that mistake. And it's like, okay, like now I know what I need to remember. But it's like she didn't die. Yes. So, <laughs> so it's like it, it kind of it despite being like a big mistake it gave me the confidence to be like oh yeah like 
I can I can do this because you really do learn from your mistakes. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think if I know myself first coming out of school and maybe it's just because I didn't get that kind of ex- I mean, we did some pretty great outreaches actually. Like I worked with people with acquired brain injuries, I worked with people with MS, I worked with people with cerebral palsy and you know, I got some good experience, but I still feel like when I first came out of school I didn't have the confidence. I don't think I would have gone into such a niche market. Like I was, I was afraid to, honestly, it took a few years for me to feel like, okay, I know what I'm doing and I can do this. So I'm always super impressed when I hear of somebody doing that, especially so green. So green, but I think there's also the the, the support behind you. You started that in student clinic. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's an outreach. So you have your supervisor to go to to give you the confidence that you're you know what you're doing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then if you're working, if you're working like that outside of school so as as a massage therapist you're you're not practicing solo you're working with a team well right? exactly you're working yeah. with a team of other professionals for the most part yeah if you end up in like typical hospitals what right, i was right, doing right, i was right. by myself mm. so so yeah so i ended up working at um so shoulders hospital they yeah only do hernia replacements it's or like, hernia it's repair like world renowned that place yeah and that's all they do is yeah. hernia repair um and so the patients they go like if you let's say you have surgery on tuesday you go in monday um we would go down do orientation um the nurses tell them all what they need to know and then massage therapist goes in and says this is what we do this is why we do it and sign up if you want a massage they have their surgery on tuesday they come for massage on wednesday Mm. what we would do is basically like lymphatic drainage and like managing like muscle tone because they're expected to be walking within like four to six hours after their surgery. Right. So they like being like so fresh out of surgery, like the muscles are going to spasm. That's just a thing. So that was part of like a lot of what you do is trying to make sure that there's no pulling on the incision and like making sure that the muscles are relaxed enough that they can like stand upright and that those things are going to heal properly. So whose idea is it to have a massage therapist at shoulders? I have no idea. So it's because something. it's such a interesting go it's a private hospital like you said that only does hernias that's all they do and like they're so special like the the surgeons there in a year they would do more hernias than another surgeon would do like in a lifetime oh yeah like that's how that's that's how much they do so i'm really curious as to whose idea was it to i know you probably wouldn't be able to answer that but yeah because it was scratch my head so they I think had the program for like seven years. And then um, the person who started it, she left to do something else. Mm -hmm. Um, And then one of the therapists who had been working under her there was like, you know what? Like, let's go back to that. And went back to the hospital and was like, hey, um, I want to start this up again. And they're like, okay, Okay. sure. Um, And so I actually found out about the job doing the cupping course here with you because I had mentioned to you I wanted to like get into Mm post-surgical and get into a hospital. Oh, right. And And we had someone at one of our networking events that was looking for therapists. Now it's all making sense to me. She's taking courses. She's taking courses. Yeah. And she was at the networking event. I remember her. That was the first time I had heard of Shoulders actually when she came to the networking event. And that's when I was like, hey, Bobby Joe, you want a hospital? And then it was like proximity wise from where you were. I'm like, this is this probably works out really well. Yeah. So Mark gave me the contact info. I got in touch with her. Um, She was hesitant because I'm so new Mm. Um, and also being like 
20, what I've been 22, 23. Understandable too, because then that's going to be like, you know, her reputation on the line to bring in someone and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So it's like a combination of all of that. Plus the fact that I'm like 22 working with mostly like 50, 60 year old men and they stick you in a room by yourself in the old wing of the building on the third floor where no one goes. Uh. It's just like you are completely isolated. That's not scary at all. Don't. I'm yeah it's probably haunted it was a little sketchy you don't hear say it. stuff like that because I have this very bad image from Jacob's Ladder rolling through my head if you've ever seen that I haven't movie. seen that one oh, I've thought this, about it but I haven't gotten there's, that far there's a, there's a scene that I, I probably still get like kind of weird flashbacks just watching it I went to a anyway. haunted high school so it's fine <laughs> but totally. yeah you'd hear people walking around and it's usually it would be maintenance guys but it's like no one's supposed to be up here and I hear footsteps Ooh, so it was chill. like oh, it was so so spooky. But are you cool with that spooky stuff though? Or are you like for me? I'm scared of shit for spooky things. Like I don't. Do I was well okay while I was working, and then as soon as people left, yeah. I was like, oh, I gotta. But go. even with all the even with all the nerdy D and D stuff, you're not like this kind of cool. It's haunted. The concept is cool. Yeah, Being yeah, yeah. in it is not. No, okay. <laughs> I sprint out of this building when I have to stay here after dark by myself. So is it safe to say none of us are going to take a tour of Kingston Pen? Never. Okay. No interest. Uh, see, and like see I, I wouldn't do that. You would do it? I would potentially, yeah. <sighs> I would consider it, but I would have With to... With like a group of friends, it's different. If you're not yeah, by yeah. yourself, then it's... Yeah, because yeah, I'm the person that like I will pick a friend to go ahead of me, grab onto like yep. their shirt and walk behind them and make <laughs> them get the spooky stuff first. Yeah. That's how I do haunted houses. Oh, man. Um, but you don't have that when you're by yourself. Yeah, that's that's, that's in the cool. old way. What are you gonna hospital? do? Throw your hernia patient in front of you? Like yeah. that's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, you can't run, so I'm gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> It's like they can have you. It's like outrunning a bear. You just, oh my God. <laughs> nope, you're slower than I am. Sorry. Natural selection. Yeah. Natural selection. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, yeah, it was. Um, so yeah, got into that through you. And then um, the training for that was like two or three days shadowing the other therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I started, it was just her and she was interviewing somebody else the same day. And she hired both of us. So then there was a total of three of us. Nice. And that was it was a. Like it was cool, but it's also you do the same treatment. It's, it's same a half hour treatment. Day, yeah. You do the same thing and you do that like six to ten times a day. Ooh. It was only weekends because she like, you know, being like like seniority and whatever. Um, she took like the weekdays that worked for her. She had another therapist who I think was coming oh, I can't even remember where she was coming from, but it was far. Right. And so she did like one day a week. And then I was responsible for Saturdays and Sundays. Um, And on Sundays, I would have to be there. Like if I needed a Saturday off, that was fine. But Sundays, it was like you have to be there for orientation. Because like I said, you sign people up the day before their surgery. Mm -hmm. So if no one's there on Sunday to sign people up, there's no clients on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So like you you have to be there on Sundays. So that was kind of that and then just yeah the repetitiveness of the treatment and yeah. the fact that it's like i see you for half an hour and then i never see you again and i'm somebody who likes to come up with a treatment plan right. and like mm-hmm. you know help you with the whole rehab and not just like oh we're just gonna do some lymphatic drainage and you're gonna feel really nice today and uh if you like do some weird stuff to your body later and like end up with all these problems and scar tissue and whatever, I can't help you because I don't know where you are. Right. And like, you're not going to come see me because like, 
you know, chances are you're coming from wherever. Yeah, you're not even from here, yeah. Yeah, right? So it's like, or they're from like, because Shouldice is in Richmond Hill or Thornhill or whatever, and mm-hmm. being in Newmarket, it's like, well, I can get a massage therapist closer than Newmarket if yeah. you're yeah. in Richmond Hill, right? Or people coming from Toronto. We had some people from the States. Um, I'm trying to think of the farthest place. Some people come from like Europe and stuff too yeah. for it because it's like, because it is world renowned. Yeah. yeah. Well, everywhere else is going to do mesh. So the actual repair. That's true, right? They don't, it's all natural. The actual repair is, um, so I guess for anybody who's like not familiar with hernias, hernias when like your like abdominal wall, there's now a hole and your intestines are trying to escape your body. So um, normally they would put like um, the normal repair is a mesh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They put this patch of mesh and then that closes up that hole. Shouldice, um, they have a bunch of requirements as far as like weight and like body fat content and things like that mm-hmm. because that affects like how well your muscles are going to like retain the sutures and like how much pressure is going to be on it. Um, but the actual repair is taking um, like a metal like stainless steel suture and like or whatever wire whatever the heck mm-hmm. and um actually doing stitches to your um like your own tissue mm-hmm. as opposed to putting in like a foreign object yeah, yeah. it's just a stitch that's going to stay there forever right and then instead of stitches for the top layer for like the actual skin they put clips to hold the skin together um and that creates a bit of a ridge yeah and the clips stay on Four. So they're on the first, they put them on when they do the surgery. They take half of them on the off the following morning and they take the rest off the next day. So in two days, you no longer have anything holding that together. Right. It's just because they've created that ridge, there's so much more surface area. Um, so it heals a lot faster. The massage is all making so much more sense now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So because there's no suit, like no stitches. Um, and it's just the the clips. Any tension is just going to pull on mm-hmm. those clips. So a lot of the pain people get is not even from like the surgery. It's from the clips pulling on their skin. Right. Because they don't have like the like there's like fascial restrictions mm-hmm. or there's like uh, the muscle pulling and it's like pulling on the clips. And so because of that, that's where a lot of their pain comes from. So if you can release some of the fascial restrictions and relax the muscle, it'll allow them to stand up and like move around without pain Mm -hmm. Um, or with limited pain. They're still going to have a little bit because somebody just like cut into their body. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, after doing all of that research into like breast implant illness and learning about you know, any kind of artificial things inside the body, I, I could see why this would be very attractive to somebody. I don't think I'd want mesh inside my body. Yeah. So the thing with mesh too is over time it um, like can shrink, change Mm -hmm. shape. Um, It also ends up with a lot of scar tissue around it. So even if it like has now changed shape and is pulling on things and is causing you pain to try and get it out is a nightmare because it's wrapped in scar tissue. Mesh can cause all kinds of like problems, which is why the like shoulder repair is like super nice. Mesh can be attractive for people who don't want to like diet because there have been people who've come in and they've lost a hundred pounds before coming to shoulder because they're like if you don't lose a hundred pounds we're, we're not, not doing, doing the yeah. surgery right yeah. because if there's like too high of a fat content in the muscle then it's like oh well, then yeah, this yeah, yeah. this suture has a less likely chance to hold we're not going to be able to maintain our like 99 percent success rate if your body isn't conducive to like succeeding what about post-surgery uh, do these patients still need to make sure they maintain their weight if they put on weight is there a risk afterwards i i would imagine so i haven't like 
super looked into that. Um, I would imagine there's still a little mm-hmm. bit of risk, but it's not going to be like as high as it would be with yeah. something like the mesh, right? Because like it's like a metal wire holding that shut. So it's like maybe it would somewhere else could potentially open up if you put the weight back on. Um, people do get like there's like inguinal on either side and then mm-hmm. the umbilical are the most common mm-hmm. um, hernias. So it's like if you put the weight back on, you might be susceptible to getting like, oh, I had left inguinal done, now my right's gone or yeah, my yeah. umbilical. Right. Just because you were already susceptible to that from like before. Although the work was repetitive, I could see how this would be attractive to some people because you're doing well, yeah. something that you know that you're actually, it's, meaningful. it's very meaningful. You know yeah. that you're actually making a huge difference. When you said that uh, people have to sign up for it, right? So mm-hmm. they, they can opt in or opt out of it. What percentage of people say, no, nah, I don't want, I don't want massage. Um, I think, I think the other therapist had said it was something like 30% of people actually sign up for it. Okay. Like, there's a lot of people who don't because they're like terrified, right? Like if you don't yeah. understand what's going on, people are like, I just had surgery. Like, no, you're not touching me. Right. Um. So some people will either come in and be like, oh, I'm just like, I'm curious. Just want to know what it's about. Yeah. Um, if I've had people who like are like repeat so they've had their second hernia repair and they're like i did this last time and it was awesome Mm -hmm. or oh this wasn't offered and i'm curious because i know what the recovery was like last time um so it's like there's a lot of different types of people like or like types of responses are you guys getting paid from the from shoulder are you getting paid from the hospital or using their like extended healthcare coverage for massage or or do you not know this part um so you are um, like you're an independent. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're an independent contractor there, but the billing does go through the hospital. Okay. Um, so we don't like do direct billing or any right, of that. Right, right, right. Um, and the like massage charge is going to be on their bill from the hospital. Gotcha. Um, but we bill the hospital for our services mm-hmm. and then they basically like pay out the whatever percentage. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so they probably like roll it right up into like whatever fees they charge for mm-hmm. for their surgeries, for their procedures. That's so cool. before going that's into that role, like before you came and did coming here and Mark told you about this mm-hmm. this possibility, Such a cool were, you, were you doing any post-surgical rehab or what type of setting were you working in? Um, I was working in, I'm still at the same place, um, but it was a chiropractic office. So just general practice. Um, a lot of like families, um, some like elderly patients, kind of everything. Okay. Um, when I first started, you were getting a lot of like relaxation and stuff like that. But as I've kind of like established my like my practice and who I am as a therapist, um, you start to kind of attract the people that yeah. like vibe with what you're doing. Yeah. So I'm seeing a lot more interesting cases. Like I have somebody with, oh my gosh, what am I? There's somebody with stenosis that I'm seeing right now. Um, somebody with like a femoral cutaneous nerve is trapped. Yeah. So now I'm seeing a lot more interesting stuff and I work with a lot of like scar tissue, but that's because the chiropractors like know what I do now. Right. And know that I have like experience with certain things. I worked with somebody who actually had breast implant illness and had had them removed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a lot of post-surgical with her. Nice. So that was pretty cool. How did she come to remove them? Like how, how did, how did she realize, or do you know the story? Like how she realized, Ooh, these are the things that are making me sick. I know a little bit of it. I know that she was like sick for a couple of years and people couldn't figure it out. Yeah. And I don't know how she realized that that's what it was. Do you want to just like speak to a quick, because we did, we, we did a whole series on this, but that was like way in season one. Yeah. It was a long time ago. So I had a client who, 
um, it was a similar thing. She had her explant done and she started telling me about it and she asked me if I had ever heard of breast implant illness, which I had not. Mm -hmm. And she told me, well, there's a group on Facebook of at the time it was maybe 60 or 70,000 women, uh, mostly North America, but I guess it was open to anybody. And she said, if you want, I can invite you, you can join and just see these stories. And so it seemed like there was a very typical progression of like the symptoms that people were noticing, although everybody would kind of experience it differently and the timelines were different. So some people could have their implants for seven to 10 years before experiencing any symptoms where some people would have them maybe a few months to a year and start experiencing symptoms. But it was things like brain fog and fatigue and a lot of autoimmune symptoms were happening. Mm -hmm. So generalized inflammation, um, you know, uh, their eyes would change color. People were having their hair fall out, acne, like things that were not normal for them. And it was just their body reacting to this foreign thing. And so what they were realizing is that uh, silicone, even though it's supposed to be, quote, safe, Mm -hmm. would really just in our bodies with the temperature of our bodies, the silicone was starting to sort of like leak out into lymphatic system and sort of go all over the body and cause this sort of systemic inflammation. And essentially, yeah, like their their body was attacking itself. So it was very autoimmune. And so they would go to their doctors and find out, or sorry, they would go to their doctors and even some of them would say, could it be the implants, especially the ones who started getting symptoms early? Yeah. And it was no, silicone's perfectly safe. There's no, you know nothing to to prove that this is what's causing your illness. Mm -hmm. And then it was all of them seemed to have the same story where as soon as they went and got the explant and it's, it has to be very specific. They have to take out the capsules, which is all the scar tissue around the implant because the silicone lives in that as well. Mm -hmm. But as soon as that happened, they were fine. Like all the symptoms started to go away. Their eyes went back to regular color. The inflammation went away. Their hair was growing back. No more brain fog. It was incredible. But yeah, that's I. It was the same with me. I came to know it because one of my clients had the explant, and I had mm-hmm. to do a lot of post-surgical stuff with her after she had them removed. Yeah, it's really wild. I basically like because I had the history with shoulders. Um, my chiropractor that I work with, he was like, "Oh, you do this," and he, he sent her to me, and he's like, "Here, like do do yeah. do the I'm thing, even, do what you do." You yeah. Do, yeah, yeah. So like he he was still working with her, but she was also getting like. So all like pretty much all of her symptoms went away, but then she was still getting vertigo afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know what this is. (laughs) So like I haven't like done the research, which I should do, but it's like I don't know why she'd be getting vertigo afterwards or if it was like a pre-existing condition that like. Mm. But she hadn't told me that she had had vertigo prior and then started getting symptoms of vertigo Um I think it was like after a treatment one day, it was like she went home and then was like, oh, I had like an episode of vertigo. And I was like, oh, like, what did I do? And then after a couple more treatments, she's like, oh, like, you know, I used to like do this specific treatment when I would get vertigo before. I'm like, you got vertigo before? Like, why did you not tell oh, me Oh, so this? you totally thought you caused it until she said that. Oh, yeah. I was oh. like, I was like, did I like, like, you know, because... I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but I was like, "Oh, like, could this be related?" Like, I because I had no knowledge of there being a history of vertigo. Got it. So it's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." And then she's like, "Oh, yeah, I used to get this," and I was like, oh, "Man, really?" Like, <laughs> Clients do leave stressing? out a lot of information on their health history form unless you ask every single question. And it could have been related. Leave it out. You would have never known either, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You would have never known. Yeah. So the chiropractor was like doing. Um, 
oh, I forget the maneuver, but whatever the maneuver I literally just read it because there was a whole discussion on a Facebook group about vertigo and dizziness the other day. And I just read about this maneuver. A whole bunch of people talked about it. And then he was like, things Eppley's right now. or something Yes. Like that? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank <Yep>. you. <laughs> I know. Oh, I'm things, brutal. things are in there. Yeah, they're <laughs> in there. I just have them. to fish them out sometimes. I mean, I forget my own kids' names. That's because you guys so. paid attention in class. See, <laughs> it's there. It's there. I know. If I missed a class, <laughs> like that was it. Like I had no idea because there was no way I was going to study. Oh yeah. I absorbed it during the class. Skimmed it before the like tests, and then it was like, all right, yeah. But if I wasn't there for the class, that was exactly me. I wasn't like facing the books all the time. I just had to be there, hear it. Like, okay, I know what's going on. I understand it. Like you said, jot down a few things as my like retrieval cues, Mm -hmm. and then I was good. Because no, I knew I wasn't going to study. The worst was I was living with Mark, who taught massage therapy, and I I think my ego was too big and I had too much pride to actually ever ask for help. So if I was ever actually reviewing notes or studying, I would want him to not be there. But then we were also like newly dating. So I'd want to hang out with him. So I would be yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to study. And then I'd look at notes for like seven and a half minutes. I'm like, I'm good. You want to go get a drink? So <laughs> I was terrible. Yeah. I also spent many a lonely night at the bar by myself. Too. Yeah. He would leave so that I would actually put my face in the books and study. But oh, it was so good. hard for me to study. I would be, yeah daydreaming looking at other things yeah third year so like all through school your exams are okay here is a section now we're going to do a test here is a section now we're going to do a test even final exams are okay like we're going to cover what we did for the last month month and a half Mm -hmm. um but the third year like exit exams are okay here is everything Everything. you learned over the last three years So like I knew people in um, like the x-ray tech program that were like, oh, my God, we have cumulative exams at the end of the year for all of this one year. And I'm like, fuck you guys. (laughs) I'm like, we only learned like we only had to know a month worth of material at a time. And now we have to know three years, whereas you guys are used to doing the cumulative exams. So at the end, when you guys are doing the like, oh, big cumulative, it's like you have notes for like (laughs) the whole year for like two years, three years. Whereas I'm sitting here like, I have no idea. Like I have three years worth of material to review and I have only uh, like kept a month at a time in my head prior to this. Yeah, that was the one time I would say in my entire student life that I was very organized. I bought this like accordion file and I separated it into like assessments, treatments, whatever. I did it because I... They're I, just so fucking awkward. It was it was so <laughs> perfect though. Is Physically, I, they're awkward. I made like really concise notes like just what I felt like I really needed to focus on Mm -hmm. and I had notes for each section so I had seven sections and that was how I studied for my final exams at school that was how I studied for the OSCE it was the one time in my life I was organized so I kept that thing I don't have any of my notes from school but I kept that accordion file because I'm like if I ever actually needed to review something I have like the most concise notes in this thing (laughs) we still have it it's at our house oh it's too funny oh it's not that one. That's a different accordion file. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I have one or two books that have all my notes. Like I ended up actually doing the color code and like blah, blah, blah. Because mm-hmm. like, so for me, I can kind of picture it's like, like photographic memory with like a half life of 30 minutes. So, <laughs> so it's like, if I looked at the thing before I went in, I can picture the paragraph yep. that the word was in that I need. Um, or it's like, oh, what is this multiple choice? And I'm like, Oh, yeah, no, I remember that in this paragraph, like, 
I don't remember the exact page, but I'm like, oh, I could easily find it if I needed to. I understand you so much. You sound like almost exactly like how my brain works when I'm studying. I yep. understand you so much. <laughs> <laughs> like a good student, but not a good student. Yeah. yeah. Like your grades are good, but it's Always. like if anyone were to like, oh, how much do you study? Mm, 20 minutes before the exam. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm reading right up until I walk in. But I didn't start reading until 20 minutes ago. That's the only place that we differ. I didn't like studying the morning of the exam. So I, if I had to study anything, I would do it the night before. Mm. And I don't function on no sleep. I'm actually a horrible, horrible person to be around if I haven't eaten well or slept well. Yeah. I'm like a baby. So... <laughs> It's the same. I mean, it is so true, truth, right? Yeah. If I'm tired or hungry, like steer clear because I'm not pleasant in any way. So I would study the day before, um, but then I would make sure to go to bed at like a reasonable time. And mm -hmm. the next morning, my motto was always, if I don't know it by now, I don't know it. Like I'm just going to go and do the exam. Mm, see, night before I'd go, I should probably study. And then I'd binge watch Netflix. And <laughs> then I would go to sleep and then I would wake up and be like, all right, we're going to show up 20 minutes early. We're going to like skim through the notes on the bus over um maybe a little bit before i leave maybe wake up like an extra 20 minutes early do a little bit of skimming and then like get there and everybody's like panicking so they're like <laughs> what about this and what about that and they're going over all the notes so i'm like nice i'm just gonna listen to you guys <laughs> skim my notes good to go that's all i need oh, so it's like everybody who's been studying like for weeks ahead i just i'm like i'm just gonna listen to what you're saying they all hated me because they're like you don't even study you literally just listen to us and i'm like yep, yep that's all i need Th thank yeah. you thank you for doing the work like <laughs> sorry guys like if you it. have a photographic memory though it is very possible like even you know something would come up on an exam and the way it was written I mm -hmm. could even picture the instructor saying it and writing on the board. Yeah. Like, right. Okay. And yep. then I would have it. I have a very photographic memory. So I didn't need to study as much because once it was there, okay, it's there. Yeah. And this is why sitting and just listening to a lecture wouldn't work for me. Like I'd have to make a little jot notes or I'd have to be able to read it as well. Yeah. Um, Because yeah, like just listening, it's like... I can't picture words when I heard them. Like there's no picture to associate. That's true. And sometimes just listening, I I will suddenly realize like somebody will be talking to me and I'll suddenly realize that my mind has actually been elsewhere for the last three minutes. I'm like, shit, I have no idea what you just said. So if I didn't write something or like it wasn't written in front of me, yep. I yeah, I might not have caught it. Why are you looking at me like that? No, no. Like, <laughs> like what? How am I looking? I don't know. I don't know. Like thinking you do that to me all the time. Like not listening. Yeah, but that's okay. I don't administer exams, so I think we're good. So you worked at that Cairo clinic throughout working in at the um, at Shouldice. Yep. And then when did you leave Shouldice? So I started Shouldice April of twenty. Oh my god, twenty nineteen. Because I started practice October twenty eighteen. So April twenty nineteen, I started Shouldice. Um, and then I was there until July of this year. Um, but obviously I haven't been practicing there since like March. So then in July, what made you decide to leave? Was, was it strictly the schedule and the repetition? Like you were just bored? Did you have another prospect or you just, you had to get out? So, um, so I'm still at the Cairo clinic. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's been like a solid thing for the last two years, but shoulders, um, after a couple of months, I was like, this is like repetition. Mm. Once it started to get to winter, I'm like, this drive is awful. Right. Because I don't know if anybody travels on the 404 near like Highway 7. 
not a good time. Oh, no. Not a good time. And I drove a 2000 Toyota Corolla, and I'm like, if I hit one of these like potholes, that's it. My car is done. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're walking home. Yeah. <laughs> been there, done that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it was like, I'm like, I just, this drive is killing me. It was only weekends. I'm like, I can't do this forever. So I told myself, I'm like, give it a year and then see where you're at like in April next year. And if like you still feel like you need to get out, take that opportunity. Well, then we shut down. So I had the three months or whatever. And then by the end of the quarantine, I was like, I am never working another weekend. So then I started to look um, before kind of like messaging and being like, hey, I'm not coming back. Um, I started to look around and saw... um, so West End Mamas is the place I'm at. Oh, I know West End Mamas. Yeah. Cool. All right. So I saw they had an ad up and then I saw another place in like Holland Landing or whatever. And I went there and it was like, uh, like wasn't super excited. But then West End Mamas, even though it was a population that I had started out being like, this is terrifying. Like <laughs> pregnancy is the scariest thing ever. Um, I didn't outreach with that as well. And that actually changed my mind on that one. And so so coming into like like actually having the job interview and whatever and like seeing that being an option, I was like, OK, like I've worked with this population a little bit. Right. Um, I kind of have an idea of what I'm doing. Let's apply, see what happens. Worst case, like I learn a whole bunch of stuff, even if it like doesn't work out or whatever because mm. like i was going to do the research is pregnancy scary to. is it is it scary don't ask me i love like my prenatal clients are my favorite i'm sad when i don't have what, any prenatal what, what clients. was the initial scare about um so like it's not as much just treating like prenatal it's like pregnancy as a concept and like as like a thing uh, it used to terrify me gotcha because like my thing was always i'm like that is the actual definition of a parasite like that's terrifying <laughs> that's scary <laughs> and then learning in like physiology it's like oh this can happen and like diastasis and like um like pelvic displacement and all of this and i'm like that's horrifying. There's so many things associated with pregnancy, right? Yeah. Like there's carpal tunnel. There's was it cholestasis where there's like the the problem with the liver. Uh, there's um yeah like uh, diastasis. There's uh, okay. preeclampsia. There's right. yeah, 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 like there's yeah. so many conditions that can come along with pregnancy. So I guess I can understand people being terrified and. Every pregnant woman experiences symptoms differently. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to have someone on the table and then be like, oh, I was fine before you touched the weirdest (laughs) part is like all this weird shit can possibly go wrong. But there's nothing so natural as fucking pregnancy. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's kind of like this weird world of like, this is the most natural thing that could ever possibly happen. And then still you're like, all this other fucking shit could possibly happen. I'm scared as fucking hell. Yeah. So like initially, um, like in school and stuff, I was like, this is terrifying. Like, I don't Mm want to be involved with this. And then, um, so my graduating year was actually the year that they had the six week strike. Um, so, our outreach program got all like all fucked up and like whatever. So she, the program coordinator had been like, Oh, if anybody wants to do anything specific, let me know. And I was like, can I do the pregnancy outreach? Because like, this is a big fear for me and I can't go out into the world being like, Oh, you're pregnant. I can't see you anymore. (laughs) So it's like, 
I'm like, I need to get over this. And the first time I did abdominal massage on like a, uh, somebody in third trimester, I was like, this is the coolest fucking thing. <laughs> so I was like, I gotta, it was, it was cool. So then, um, when I saw the opening, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not, I'm not terrified of it anymore. And I've worked in it like with pregnancy in my normal practice and whatever. Um, and actually like getting into it realistically that's the type of shit i should be doing because mm. i like the more complicated long-term like treatment plans yep. things where like things can go wrong and whatever so it's like you have to problem solve it's like that's like that's the kind of stuff i live for right and it's something you can learn everything about you know like yeah. you can learn about preeclampsia and what that means and what yeah. that means for your practice you can learn about gestational diabetes and what that might mean and what it might mean for your practice and having all of that knowledge i had a client who uh, sent me a thank you letter when she was pregnant um, mm -hmm. or when she had the baby, maybe I don't remember. But and I remember saying to her, like kind of jokingly, just because I do you ever watch Friends? I know what's on in the background. That's why I'm asking. Do you I, ever, I don't know. You're a little too young. Um, but uh, I am the Chandler Bing of Friends. Like I'm the person that will always like make a joke out of an uncomfortable situation or a sarcastic comment. So. I had made a joke when she was being like really sweet and sincere and she was like thanking me for helping her like, yep. you know, even pre-pregnancy and then through her pregnancy, whatever. And I was like, I didn't do a thing. I just massaged you. Like I said something like that. Yeah. And she's like, no, you did everything because you knew like anything that I was experiencing. You know, she would talk to me about her heartburn or when she had to go for her uh, glucose test. And so mm -hmm. everything she was talking about, I had some sort of knowledge about. So I would just I would just chat with her about it. And she's like, you calm every anxiety I had because you seem to know so much about pregnancy and everything that went with it. And I was like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. I'm glad I could do that. So yeah. if you have this kind of niche, you can learn everything and just be, you can do so much for these women just mm -hmm. because this is fucking terrifying. They do have a parasite. <laughs> I feel like I could say that because I had my own little parasites, but no, they're not, they're not parasites. They're babies. It's yep, they're babies. <laughs> they're I actually, um, so there's like, somebody that I know like through working there and she I talked to her and she has two kids and I was like I had mentioned like yeah this used to terrify me like for that reason and she's like they are and I'm like don't you have two of them and she's like I love them to bits but yeah they're little parasites like, that, is, that they, they is what it is suck all the life out of you like <laughs> yep. I had all the things you know I had nausea I was my first trimester with both of those kids mm -hmm. I would have trouble just keeping my eyes open for enough hours in a day to do anything like yeah. the exhaustion was debilitating and then I had horrible sciatic pain I had SI joint problems with one of them um, actually I still have SI joint problems I had a uh, pretty significant diastasis with both of them um, the heartburn I had to sleep sitting up like oh it just God. it's everything like everything that you can imagine I <laughs> what's it called like lightning crotch that's a horrible thing to say but when like you get serious like pain like in your pelvis I had everything mm -hmm. oh. it it really did feel like lightning a parasite crotch means something so different to me by the way <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh kidding, man but yeah no it was it's it's really hard so i love treating prenatal clients for mm -hmm. that reason because i'm like i know like how much shit your body is going through even if you have an quote easy pregnancy it's still hard you're still making a person and your body's changing oh, yeah. like every single day so i love treating them because i'm like i i just i empathize with everything that's going on like you you need somebody to take care of you right now yeah see and even like i haven't had kids or anything like that well, you but don't have to to realize yeah. what's 
happening to them. Yeah, right? it's like I know like physiologically yeah. what's going on. So it's like, oh yeah, like you need this so bad. So it's like um it's actually kind of funny too because you kind of try to be quiet like when you're working unless they talk to you because mm -hmm. it's like i know you probably haven't slept in like weeks so yeah. so i'm like i'm just gonna sit here and be quiet and if you want to chat you can start a conversation but otherwise if you need a nap that's very fair like yeah. you can take a nap and they likely need a nap yeah. oh, i was actually yeah. just watching an instagram story of uh somebody who is pregnant and she was like i hate when people say uh sleep while you still can like when you're pregnant mm -hmm. and She's like, I swear I'm going to get more sleep after the baby. And that was so true for me. Like sleep, oh, yeah. sleep was difficult near the end of my pregnancy. I don't know how you can sleep anyway. Like, I'm not going to lie. If I eat too much, I feel bloated. I feel like I can't move around. <laughs> right? and I feel like I can't get comfortable, yeah. right? You find you're growing every day and you got a human inside there. Like sleep was, well, yeah. you, you have to remember sleep was so hard. I'm just saying, man, I just get a little bit bloated and I'm like so fucking uncomfortable. <laughs> you get to that point in your pregnancy where even like, rolling over in bed you know if i was laying on my left side and needed a break and wanted to roll to my right side it's not a simple roll like it's a whole production i gotta like get up move the pillow like it oh it was awful you gotta call in the crane yeah <laughs> i had somebody rolling over on the table and she's like let me just do my three-point turn yeah <laughs> it's a whole fucking production to just yeah. roll yeah yeah it's a whole thing i spend a lot of time like teaching people like sleep positions and stuff like that because it's like yeah, trying to find somewhere that like that's comfortable. I'm like, okay, here's eight different options for you. Find one that works, and it might not work next week. Yeah, it might not work tomorrow. Mark used to wake me up all the time when I would fall asleep on my back. Uh, with our first, that was actually the most comfortable. Mm -hmm. But you know, you're constantly told by different professionals, don't sleep on your back, don't sleep on your back. Yeah. And when I would fall asleep on my back, I would apparently snore like a truck. So <laughs> yeah, that's why I wake you up, not because it's not safe. Or he whatever. would wake me up, and he's like, you sound like you can't breathe i'm yeah. like man i was sleeping i was finally sleeping Sorry, it sounds like you're fucking dying so uh, <laughs> so i wasn't waking you up for like whatever other reason than that but. well yeah and my heartburn was so bad i had like two pillows i was never really flat because i couldn't be yeah but that's how it's happened <laughs> thank you thank you for the reenactment thank you i'm kidding i'm kidding you better cut that shit out i will <laughs> Oh, you've done some fucking rewarding shit though, eh? Yeah, it's really cool stuff. And then I'm starting to get into like anatomy trains and like all these different things. Nice. It's like super cool. It's, I like it. I'm super excited to kind of like see where everything goes. You too. are a nerd. Yeah. I mean, I'm like as far as yeah massage and then as well like yeah like you want to learn shit like i'm 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 not gonna lie i was a i was an instructor for eight years at a college yeah, yeah. i would have never had someone be like you know what i'm scared to shit about pregnancy and i want to learn everything about it so i don't feel scared let me let me do that outreach yeah i would have had so many people like dude like i'm not comfortable with this just fuck it i don't care i'm not gonna bother is there a way that i don't have to do this do you know what i mean see my you, thing is like if you're uncomfortable first. if you're uncomfortable that's a chance to learn something yeah. it's like there's so. a reason it scares you figure out why yeah. and like tackle it i like it I that like is that. a really great attitude to have and that's what i was saying at the beginning like i can i know a lot of therapists and i can guarantee you there's a lot of therapists who wouldn't be jumping at the opportunity no, to work mm -hmm. with post-surgical clients and prenatal i have people who come to me based on referrals because they are having trouble finding an rmt that is comfortable working with them which always shocks me because that's sort of like something we learn but i guess if you're not really comfortable with working with a pregnant woman mm -hmm. probably better to refer to someone who is yeah and if you're listening to this and you're like, I have no fucking clue I want to learn something, we did a 
eight to 10 hour, 12 hour. I don't know. It was we a lot like, of we hours. Did, we did like a 10 to 12 hour one day live stream event where it was just nothing but like presenter after presenter after presenter. And one of our presenters was C- Cindy McNeely. She has a company called Trimesters and she mm-hmm. did a great, she probably went overtime because she was jam packed with information and she, she did yeah. a great hour and a bit of um, precautions and contraindications and, and debunking all of this stuff kind of thing it was actually really really good so it's on our website yeah that Go was like a month out. and a half ago or something wasn't it uh, it was june? in june yeah it was in it was in june oh, can you believe june. it was that long ago yeah, yeah. it was in june oh but it's God. on it's on the website <laughs> and stuff now so like anyone wants to go get it conedinstitute.com go to the e-learning section the free e-learning section we have i think all the presentations up from that day and cindy's is fucking great that one was really great because i think that's the reason people are uncomfortable is they think there's all these things you can't yeah. do which actually now you know from working with prenatal mm-hmm. clients that's not true yeah yeah, people are like, oh, don't work on their feet. And I'm like, why? Like, <laughs> your feet fucking hurt when you're pregnant. Yeah, yes, work on my work feet. Or, feet. Even, or even a belly, right? You're like, yeah. oh, third trimester and working on the belly. Like, oh, yeah, some it's so people cool. Be like, I'm not, well, you can do like you can diaphragm do release. People are like, I can't fucking breathe. And I'm like, let me just release your diaphragm. They're like, you can do that? And I'm like, fuck Absolutely. yeah, I can. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, and the round ligament pain. Oh, yeah. I would I would have like, oh, yeah. I'm like doing it right now to myself. Massage <laughs> my round ligaments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so many things that people are like, oh, like I was told you can't do this. What was one? I know somebody who's pregnant now and she's like, oh, I am i can't like massage my thumb. Like, I can't press on this one point in my thumb. <laughs> yeah. She's like, when I press on this one point in my thumb, it relieves my headaches. But now that I'm pregnant, I'm not supposed to do that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're fine. I'm like, I massage hands like every day. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm pretty, pretty sure you're good. And uh, she's like, well, and I'm like, if you're not comfortable with it, like, don't do it. Maybe talk to your doctor and like double check that if you want. But like, yeah. but it's fine. Pretty sure you're fine. So what's next for you? Yeah. Since you want to learn everything and do everything. Well, is there the another anatomy population? Trains well, anatomy stuff. trains. Yeah. yeah. So I signed up for anatomy trains in April to do the Toronto course. And mm. uh, it was in April. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. and I can't do online. Like, like I said, like I need somebody talking in front of me and reading it while they're talking to me. Um, and so that's why I was like, when I saw you guys had the courses, I was like, oh, I can do pelvic floor. I can go learn things again. <laughs> but the anatomy trains are still not back yet. Right. So I'm right. kind of waiting on that. But I've been reading the book and like applying it anyway, because I can figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes a lot of sense. So kind of going with that, I want to get into like, I want to learn how to do like kinesiotaping and see if that fits. If not, then whatever. I know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good way to look at it. Education's never a bad thing. No. no. You can take something from everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Well, thank you for coming all the way here. Is there anything else we need to this ask was Bobby awesome. Joe about? Yeah, you're an interesting therapist. <laughs> and so fucking new, too. I can only imagine what's what you're going to be doing in like fucking seven years from now. I know. You're so young and like so eager. It's, you're going to do so many things, I feel like. Do you think you'll ever get lazy with this whole thing? I, I mean, I don't think so, but I hope not. <laughs> would, that, would, would that be would that be like a signal for you to get the hell out of it if you if you get lazy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Or or I need to learn something new because I've had so like when I came to do the cupping, I was like starting to kind of be like, oh man, like this is starting to get boring. Whatever. So I go learn something new, and I'm like, this is fucking cool. And, <laughs> and, and then I'm like, oh, okay, I got this down now. What, it's the else? same with travel, where I'll have waves of like right. I like ah like everything's boring and whatever, and then I'm like, okay, go see a new country, go learn something new, go mm. do something. So. <laughs> like cool. I kind of have to have to keep up like it's cool I dig it music what was the music thing about you were were you 
taking were you studying music no i just did it in high school oh, okay, i okay. played violin for like eight years Ooh. um i played tuba in high school i played cello for like a year or two what do you prefer Not more tuba we played trumpets yeah man we're brass players yeah, yeah. i nice. played a trumpet but oh that's why we get along long long time ago brass players. <laughs> i don't i don't think i can play trumpet now to save my life i no. bet you you could i feel that's like if you picked up a trumpet yeah he remembers the notes i don't i don't read music anymore like i learned to read music super young but then i didn't keep up with it gotcha so he will be showing me he's like this is an f and he'll do something with his fingers and like i believe you you could tell me anything is an f like i don't know (laughs) yeah i can't like i can't look at a page and go that's an f i go that's first and third finger Mm. (laughs) and it's like oh that note's open like i'm like i know what it's supposed to sound like that's something that i lost to be able to sight read oh that was so good like you just get a sheet of music and you just start playing you look at it and you start playing and i'm like i can't do that anymore to save my life yeah fuck i sometimes will pull the violin out because i still have the violin i don't have a tuba because they're fucking expensive enormous too (laughs) they're also gigantic yeah nope small basement apartment not gonna fit a tuba (laughs) barely fit a christmas tree last year not gonna fit a tuba <laughs> so, no tubas, no cellos. Violins okay. Yeah, violins okay. It has um like permanent residence in the corner though. <laughs> it does not get taken out very often. That's okay. But also like I always if I get the urge to play, it's at like one in the morning. And sure. uh, if people happens. live upstairs, <laughs> they're not fans of that. That's when it happens too. Always the urge to play at the weirdest times. Well, I also like I function like the best between like 10 p.m. and 1 a.m. We are literally the same. Like this is hilarious to me. (laughs) I don't do mornings well. Like I have have children. So I don't know if you ever plan to have kids in your life, but I always thought when I had kids, I'd become a morning person because they're up early. Mm -hmm. No, I will get up and I will get them ready and get them where they need to be. But I'm, you know, I'm the last person to shower. I will have to sit for like half an hour and drink coffee and like nobody talk to me. Like I've never become a morning person. But at like late at night, if I have a project to do, I could just do it. Yeah. See, if I need to be up, I like I can wake up and be like, all right, let's go. Oh, no. Otherwise, mm. it's like, um, but I can do that like once a month oh, prior yeah. to 10 a.m. <laughs> yeah, no, I function, <laughs> Otherwise it's like, I function much better later in the day. But actually, since kids, it's no longer the 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. because they exhaust me. I'm good at like from like maybe six to 10. That's the those are my functional hours yeah. after that. Nope. And then I'm not functional again till maybe like 11 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I can get that. So that was one of my things with like getting into massage. I was just like, oh, I can like plan my hours, you know, like as long as you get into a clinic that's like fairly chill that way. It's right. like you're self-employed, so you can technically make your own hours. Mm-hmm. Um, So I was like, I'm never going to work before 9 a.m. And like I started, I had 9 a.m. appointments and I was like, I need to move it to 10. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. When I first started, I worked at the same place for five years and the chiropractor that owned the clinic, she started at 730. So she said to me, I would suggest you come at 730. I'm always busy at that time. And you could. So anyway, I did it. I was always booked for my 730 Mm -hmm. and I did it for five years again, thinking like I would get used to it. I literally like checked in with myself when I was finally deciding to leave there. I'm like, no, I still fucking hate 730. So when I moved to a place that they said, you know, I was just renting space. So she said, you know, work whenever you want. I don't care. Just tell me when you're going to be using the, Mm -hmm. the space. And I never took clients before 10. 
and I still don't take clients. Well, it's the same 10. thing here. Like we started classes at nine o'clock in the morning and then we moved it to nine thirty. And then I was like, fuck, within the last year and a half, I'm like, no way, let's just ten o'clock is the start time. And now I'm even <laughs> thinking next year I'm gonna move it till eleven o'clock. That's amazing. No, it's actually interesting though, because Mark is a morning person where like he gets up really early and he can start doing stuff. But when it comes to teaching, he wants to be able to be here a good hour, hour and a half before the students, have oh, everything okay. set up, have time to just like chill, listen to music like he needs to mentally prepare himself to do something even when i'm treating mm -hmm. i don't just like to show up and work right I, I never i can't i can't just roll in and start working and it, i don't yeah. feel good about that so i always like to just be in the place sooner so that's fair. yeah if it's 11 o'clock maybe the classes are going to start at 10 30 11 <laughs> and that's good for everyone that come fucking rolls in from out of town too because there's a lot of people that drive in from out of town that are not staying some, in some town. of the shorter classes can but some yeah. of the longer ones you're going to have i think a larger percentage of people that want to be done earlier if oh, they've got yeah, families yeah, yeah, to get yeah, yeah, to yeah. they want to be home for dinner mm -hmm. all right 10 o'clock it is that's 10 o'clock it yeah, is we'll stay there we, we can't get too crazy okay <laughs> so for the pelvic floor course because i remember i messaged you and i was just like i'm gonna be late and part of that was like yeah there was traffic but also part of that was i was like I can leave at 925 yeah. and be good. It's a 35 minute drive. And then yeah, there was like any traffic. I was not making it on time. But I was like, I'm not functioning earlier than this. <laughs> so then the next day I was like, all right, I guess we'll leave 10 minutes early. <laughs> I can function in the morning. I don't even need sleep, but when I'm tired and I'm done, then I'm done. You're chipper in the morning. Um, not as much as you used to be, but like when we didn't have children, he would get up super early. Like I'm talking like he'd be awake at 630 and like ready to go. So oh. he would start talking to me. I'm like, why are, like, why are you <laughs> moving your lips? No, I am still sleeping and I'm going to be sleeping for another like two hours. You need to leave. Mm. And so he would, if it was a nice day, he would leave and like go ride his motorcycle for a couple hours, come home. And I would just be like getting up and getting in the shower yeah. it yeah. was perfect i think my boyfriend and i went to bed at like three or four a.m last night and woke up at 11 today that's my ideal schedule see i can <laughs> i can do the go to bed late i can do i, I can do anything in terms of, i only need like four hours sleep so uh, if i if i fell asleep at like 10 o'clock at night I get up at two. I'm I'm up for the day. That's oh, what wow. we need to work on right? a lot because lately I'm like I'm awake and I'm not I, I don't think I've gone to sleep earlier than midnight or one AM for a couple of months. Not intentionally. Mm -hmm. I'm just awake. Yeah, yeah. And he falls asleep at like ten. So then I will go to bed at one. And he literally wakes up like an hour to two hours later and he's awake. And then I'm up. So then he's awake and then he's up in the morning and I'm like, I didn't go to sleep until one. I need to sleep more. Yeah. It's and I'm like, I've been up since two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, we just missed each other. <laughs> but 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 when I'm when I'm overtired and I'm ready to crash, it's over. Like I can't I can't do a fucking thing. Yeah. And no, so like, that'll actually. normally that'll that'll happen like three or four days later. Cause I might do this for three or four days in a row and then boom, I I need like two days of hardcore eight hour sleep at night type yeah. Of thing. yeah i tried to do crossfit like last year sometime and i was like you know what i'm gonna like get my shit together i'm gonna go to a 7 a.m <laughs> class i can do it yep i can i did it three times I've and then i was like i can't lies. i can't i can't do it i can't working out is something that i like to do like super early I like to get that out of the way before my day starts. And I actually feel really good for the rest of the day when I do I that. I like the feeling after. I, I like the concept of it. And so once again, I tried to train myself. And so for months, I was getting up at like 5.45 mm. to be at the gym 
for six, do my workout, get home in time to shower, get ready and be at work for nine. And I did that for months and I loved the way I felt. But every morning I was bitter as fuck when my (laughs) alarm clock went off at 545. And eventually got to the point where I was like, I actually don't like I don't want to. (laughs) I love working out like after work. I like to finish like finish work go do my workout and then go home and be a vegetable. Mm. My favorite thing. For me, working out, as long as we take out the whole production of it, this is why I can never work out after work. Yeah. Because that means you're taking a gym bag with you and you got to prep all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. You got to, you got to, you got to think about it and prepare. And that's just too much for me. Like this is when, when I used to work out like crazy, the best part is because I always just used to wear workout clothes. So it's like, I was always ready to go to the gym no matter what, but I removed all of the production of it. As soon as I start to think about all of this shit then it's a turnoff for me then I don't do it if I'm like I gotta carry clothes and shoes and socks and fucking soap to the fucking gym because of the showers and I'm like this is too much effort then I don't bother why are you laughing at me I'm laughing because this is why you don't bring food to work no Mark will it's know, a production Mark will know he has 12 hours to work and I'll say to him in the morning let me make you lunch no. like yeah. I, you know I'm making the kids lunch I don't anyway, even right? want to put on a jacket like, in the me, winter I'm gonna walk with a lunch. fucking bag for with but, lunch no 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 but listen with <laughs> Are you kidding me? me? He okay. goes, but if you make me lunch, he's like, then what do I do with the Tupperware when I'm done? Oh my god! <laughs> because I hate that shit. I hate having like 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 empty fucking dirty shit around me like that. Yeah, I can't yeah. stand I'm like, it. Take it out to the sink, rinse it out, and le- like we work in the same office. I'm like, leave yeah. it on my desk if it bothers you oh, that much. But let me let me make you I can't, something to eat. Oh I can't god. even look at it after. I'm like, I don't want to see it. Like she like a complete off, not complete off topic. Like she'll order a Caesar at a bar and I'm like, I don't even want to see it because I know what the glass is going to look like when you're finished. It's just going to make you want to throw up just looking at this dirty old Caesar glass. Holy. And that's what, that's what carrying a lunch means to me. That's so funny. We had this whole conversation shit. this afternoon actually because I want to start, I want to buy a juicer. Okay. I've recently become like obsessed with like fruit and vegetable juice and I'm like I just want to buy a juicer and make different combinations of juice yeah and if you're ready to put the work into cleaning it then right not for any dietary reason I just I want I I like the idea and I like the taste of it and I was like I want to make juice yeah and he was like that is disgusting. I'm like, is. what is disgusting? He's like, so what? Then you're going to put your juice into some kind of jar and you're going to bring it to the office and then the dirty juice jar is just going <laughs> to oh sit. Oh my like, God. He was so grossed out by the thought of me juicing. Okay, that's not my problem with it. My problem with it is if you've ever used a juicer, you get the like the pulp the in pulp, the thing. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking awful because it's this tiny ass little sieve thing <laughs> and that like all of the pulp grows, goes through, right? So it's like you have to clean all the pulp out of there. You have Ooh. to clean this sieve. You can't clean the sieve. It doesn't work. I don't think there's a way to clean that fucking thing. <laughs> She's really turning me off of this juicing thing. I hate thing. it. Thank I hate you, it thank so you. much. Thank you. Keep going. Keep I did going. it like twice and I was like, I'm never doing this again. I don't know. I'm going to, I have to do my research on juicers and then decide what I want to do. Cleaning that's probably like fucking pulling out the insides of a fucking pumpkin. It makes me want to throw up. Because <laughs> that, yeah. that used to make me throw up as a oh, kid. Yikes. Like I would. Our kids will not help will me not carve the pumpkins. The I do it. Because they don't want to touch it. They don't want to touch it. I don't exactly like him. When I was in kindergarten, I would throw. I, I would throw up with that when we'd have to do it in kindergarten. I would yeah. like put my fingers in it immediately. 
and finger painting. As soon as my fingers hit that cold fucking wet paint or oh whatever it is, God. I would just fucking throw up immediately. So you have a lot of sensory issues. Huh. I don't know if they're issues. <laughs> okay, I, I'll find a better word. Yeah, but protein shakes even because we were talking when we were talking about the juice. Then it came to protein shakes, like because I think I said to him like you you know you used to do protein shakes all the time. Mm-hmm. How is this different? And he's like, yeah, and it was disgusting. <laughs> yes, and they didn't taste good. So it's so funny because like when I was in that life and I was doing all that stuff like all that shit you tolerate just to get fucking quick easy clean calories in mm-hmm. but this, everything tastes like shit like nothing tastes good and if you thought it was good you're just convincing yourself that this fucking protein shake tastes good it tastes like shit it tastes bad we have this none debate. of them taste we have good this debate all the time chalk. I, they all I taste had, like fucking chalk <laughs> i had a chocolate mint protein powder Bleh. that i would blend with cold coffee some kind of non-dairy milk and ice and okay. I actually really enjoyed it. And I would like do it for a snack. And, he's like, and that's what he would say to me. He's like, you don't actually like that. And I'm like, no, but I do. He's like, no, you do. So with the juicing, yeah. he's like, are you just doing this so you can be super healthy? I'm like, no, I'm going to eat cake with my juice. I just <laughs> I just like the idea of ju- I truly enjoy juice, but I don't want to buy like, you know, Tropicana juice. I want to actually make my own. And I like vegetable juice. You just said I order Caesars because I like them. Disgusting. Not everybody thinks like you, Mark. God. <laughs> Podcast has turned into a whole therapy session. Couples yeah. therapy. Maybe, maybe I should lie down on the couch. Bobby Joe's like, I'm uncomfortable. Let me go home. <laughs> I, I tend to find that like, like sometimes I will talk nonstop and then I'm like, I feel like I'm driving people crazy. But then I find that like very often I'll just sit and listen to people talk for hours. And I'm like, I'm very content with this. This is lovely. It is, isn't but it? But then to be the one talking, I'm like, Oh, are people sick of me yet? <laughs> it's good to have a balance of both. It's weird. Yeah. When I'm talking, the weirdest part is what's happening right now. Like, it's like you guys are just silent and you're looking at me and it makes me very uncomfortable. So when I'm out talking and I don't have a microphone in front of me, mm-hmm. well, it doesn't happen. When I'm out and there's people talking and I don't have a mic, I don't say a thing. Yeah, because when we were talking after the like pelvic floor class or whatever, like we were chatting and I'm like, does he want me to leave yet? Because no, I like, stayed after class yeah. and chatted for a and while. I was happy for the company. And you were like, oh, do you want to do the podcast? And then I was like, is like is this real <laughs> i was like he's not sick of that yet like yeah no, no, no. no he enjoys listening to people definitely yeah he's, just, he's a quiet yeah. observer yeah I'm most not, of the time yeah i'm an introvert i don't like i don't like talking i don't like people looking at me like right now i'm closing says, my eyes. says the podcast house <laughs> i don't like talking yeah. it's weird it's weird it's a different thing I don't know. I know it's weird. Humans are complex. Just one or two episodes ago, I talked about the fact that I'm like incredibly empathetic, but also awkward when it comes to people getting emotional in front of me. Like I will feel for you. I might even be crying inside and want to let it out, but I'll hide it all. So I'm I'm a very strange person. Yeah, that's weird. You are an introvert that hosts a podcast. Like people are complex. Mm-hmm. But notice my face isn't in this video. It's, it's the <laughs> back know. of my head. I also hate right? it. But it, it, this is. <laughs> couples therapy session number two i hate the video i hate that he puts that there and i'm like let's put it somewhere else i'm like you can put it there because you're not in it i'm like it just looks at me the entire time i can put it somewhere else we're gonna put it staring just in our guest's face that might make her uncomfortable we're we're no codas we're pearl jammers oh that's even closer to me Yeah, that's, at least this is as far it's like away an even as weirder gets. angle too. I know. I'm like, oh, I'm so. The whole reason that I liked the podcast when we started is, I'm like, it's not video. Nobody's looking at me. These are just I for can little clips here. I can there. literally show up here in my pajamas, which I have done. Yeah, they're just for tiny clips. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm not worried. Cool. 
I think we've gone down every path we can possibly go. Yeah, it's fun. Anything else yeah. you want to wrap on? Mm, I don't know. How long have you been playing D&D for? Um, can you tell everyone what D&D is all about? Okay, Because yes. there's a whole bunch of people that are like, I think I heard them talk about this on Big Bang Theory, but... I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah I had a bunch of friends. I'm like, oh, this is just a thing people know about. No, apparently it's not. No, it's I've had not. a bunch of friends who are like, so what is that? Can you explain that? And I'm yeah. like, oh... Oh, you don't, you don't know. Okay. So D&D, because everyone's like, is it a card? Like, is it a, like a a game? Like, is it a board game? I'm like, nope. It's a, so it's a role-playing game. Like a, so it's tabletop role-playing game. Um, Basically, there's like, there's like all these fucking rule books that you have to read through. There's a lot of information because it's like existed for like 40 years or something. That you'll study. Yep. Sure. Yep. I straight up, <laughs> I, I read like a 300, a 300 page book to be able to play D&D. It's important yep. stuff. <laughs> I skim, that I'll study. skim my notes from school, but I'll study D&D. Yeah. <laughs> because there's no one else that's studying and going to take the test and talking about it right before. Right? Yeah, right. exactly. Right. But I, so I've been running it. Um, and like, so you're supposed to like spend a bunch of time preparing. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> I'm like, uh, so we'll be mid game. And I'm like, guys, I have no idea what the fuck is happening. And they're like, you're running it. And I'm like, yep. So... D&D is Dungeons and Dragons and you have um, the DM or the Dungeon Master or like Game Master GM. Um, So the DM and then the players. And basically um, the DM is responsible for storytelling and like um, explaining the world that you're in and it's basically like all imagination. So I as the DM would be like, okay, you walk into a room and um, you see like four people, they're each sitting at a table, this is happening, blah, 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 and you explain like everything that's in the room. Um, Or if people do things, it's like, okay, you do this and this happens and you have to explain everything. Um, And then the players are like, like the main characters in like in a show or whatever. So it's like you have like a party of adventurers and they go on adventures and they do things. So like right now, the one that we're running, I think the final boss is a dragon. Mm. But like they will we'll spend like an hour and a half. They're like, OK, we're going to go shopping. But then I'm going to like make fun of this lady or I'm going to break into so and so's house. And I'm sitting there like, I don't have a map for this house. You have to like totally make shit up on the spot yeah, yeah, yeah. because they're like literally last session. Um, the guys that I play with, they're like. Um, so I'm going to break into this person's house and I'm like, oh God, okay. (laughs) And we have, so you create a character and it's like all like fantasy stuff. There's different types of, um, like role playing games that like use different systems. So you can use like, instead of doing like fantasy, because D&D is very much like medieval fantasy, like Game of Thrones style stuff. There's like cyberpunk, there's like um, like Old West like ones, so the rules are different. Mm-hmm. How do you have rules, but also the players just have to make decisions? Like, what are the dice for? It's so confusing to me. <laughs> you would make a character, and there's specific rules on like how the characters work. There are certain abilities that you have, and they have ability scores. And how good you are at that like affects your dice rolls. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have um, wisdom, intelligence, charisma, constitution, strength and dexterity um so if you're like a big beefy like half work or whatever um my boyfriend plays a goliath which is like half giant and um like the party right now that i'm playing with is so we have a goliath which is a half giant um who's a barbarian so it's a like is a fighter but it's like like untrained fighter or whatever and then you have um 
what's the other guy? A tiefling warlock. So tiefling is like half demon. And um, he's a, like, he's a warlock. So he's a spellcaster. <laughs> and then you have the, we have a, a high elf bard who's also a sailor, which is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> that like, one 100%. Are, like, are you guys like, messing with me right now? <laughs> Nope. <laughs> Absolutely not. This is what I do on weekends. Yeah. Why do you oh think she doesn't God. want to work on fucking weekends? Oh, I love this. <laughs> you so, know, I could see our oldest daughter getting so into like oh, her sure. imagination is wild. Like yeah, everything you're saying, I can imagine her at some point being like super into this kind of thing. It's super cool because you like so there's um so when you're making a character, so let's say you want to be an elf. Um, elf has certain bonuses to specific stats. So elves are typically intelligent. So you get like a plus one to intelligence. So then if um, there's like a whole bunch of things with like modifiers and whatever. And basically when you roll a d20 to like um, either attack things or um, like when you're doing the role playing part, to, if you want to convince somebody to do something, um, you can use either like intimidation or persuasion. Those are like skills that are available and you can make a check on that. So it's like, oh, I want to persuade so-and-so to help us with this thing. And it's like, okay, make a persuasion check. So if you're good at charisma, like your character is charismatic, you're going to have a modifier. So when you roll a d20, if you get like a a 14, there's a possibility that you have like a plus whatever on it. So then your modifier, let's say it's a three instead of a 14, it's now a 17. So then that can be the difference between whether or not that person does what you want or not. As the DM, you have to like make everything up and be like, okay, so like it, it, you have to roll a 15 for this person to like follow your party to whatever. And if they make it, then you go, okay, they follow you. And if not, then it's like, now I have to make an excuse or whatever. Like, So now yeah. I want you to go back I and watch the episode in Big Bang Theory when they're when they're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Howard's Howard's the dungeon master. Watch it. That's the one he's doing all the fucking impersonations of the yes, voices. Yes, yes. Yeah. Watch it. And then go back and watch Community, community the episode yeah. when Abbott is, is the dungeon master. Well, yeah. that's the, the first, feel, feel the first community one is so fucking Yeah, good. so because of those two shows, because I watched both of them, I understood the premise of the game. The only thing I didn't get is I was like, I, I wondered, is the dungeon master making shit up as they go along or was there like some pre-written stories? Now you're, I understand a little it's bit. It's a combination of the two. Yeah. yeah, it's a combination. So um, there are a bunch of pre-written stories that you can get. We used to have those at our elementary school library. Oh, really? Yeah. That's this is, this cool. is the beautiful thing. When I, I was in school in the early 80s. This oh, is, true. This yeah, is before they're like, maybe we shouldn't have this in school. <laughs> yeah, so like you can get pre-written ones. So we're doing a pre-written one for the main campaign so I just go through and read it and just I'm like okay like I need to know this but occasionally they'll be like I want to break into so and so's house and I'm like (laughs) fuck (laughs) I'm like there's nothing in this book about that person's house because you're not supposed to do that (laughs) now I have to make it up it's awesome Um, and then I'm actually writing a one shot so one shot is like uh, basically it's a single session instead of being like a campaign so campaigns can last either like a few weeks or they can take years Years Holy to hell. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because you only do it like once a week. Some people will do it like once or twice a month even. Yep. So what got you into this? Like, oh, I don't even know how I got into D&D. I think I heard about it from some friends or whatever. I, oh, actually, no. So I knew people who played Magic the Gathering, um, which is so Wizards of the Coast makes D&D. They also do Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. Um, Magic is a card game. D&D is a role playing game. Um, 
I had friends who played magic. And mm-hmm. then when I was in college, I joined the magic club because I'm super cool. That is cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, found friends through the magic club who played D&D and then so I did my first campaign with them it was kind of a short-lived campaign like schedules just weren't working and things like that um but then I've just kind of like been interested in it since mm. and I've so interesting was always like there's no way I can dm like I'm too scatterbrained like I don't like plan things I'm very much improvisation like I make shit up on the spot all the time that's all I do I'm never prepared <laughs> So once again like, I get you I make things up as I'm saying like sometimes I swear to God I think I've told Mark this before and it, he, I don't know if I've ever said it on the podcast but sometimes I will say I think there's three reasons for that I haven't decided what they are yet yep. I just start talking <laughs> and somehow three reasons come out and I'm like wow that sounded really really well prepared yep yeah I'm never prepared I'm I make shit up same. all the time yep <laughs> So, yeah, so I'm like, there's no way I can, like, actually run a campaign or anything like that. Um, And then I started playing and and I've had, like, dungeon masters who are, like, like, kind of okay or whatever. Like, there's certain things that I'm like, you could do this, this, and this, and this would make this better. And I'm like, oh, I could do this. (laughs) (laughs) And so now that I've started, like, DMing, I'm, like, playing and I'm just, like, no, you need to do this. Like, this is wrong. Like, you're not doing this correctly. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should just DM and not play. <laughs> like, I'm a little too much of a control freak to play now. Like, oh, my goodness. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, can you drink wine and play? Yes. I was not thinking that. Uh, but but you can. Yeah, of course you can. But I can drink wine and do anything. Well, mm-hmm. no, I shouldn't mm-hmm. say that. Mm-hmm. There's sometimes mm-hmm. you can't drink wine. Right. <laughs> right. Anyway, I feel like we should let Bobby Joe get back. I just realized how long we have been talking. I mean, it's been super interesting, but is there anything else other than... Yeah, sorry. I really want to know the D&D thing. Oh, I'm actually glad I now understand it. I'm going to go watch those two episodes. I'm going to watch the Big Bang episode. You're going to have a whole other appreciation for it now when you see it again. Yeah, it's cool stuff. But yeah, so the the one, like I was saying before, the one uh, one shot that I'm running for Halloween, I'm actually writing the entire thing. That's awesome. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so... um, the the whole thing is like going to be done in one session but it's basically um i think what we're doing is like they've all made characters but i'm going to be like oh you guys get cursed and you're running around there's this like a little race of people called squashlings and they're literally just pumpkin people they're just jack-o'-lanterns that run around <laughs> so i'm like you guys are going to be cursed to be jack-o'-lanterns and you have to figure out how to break the curse i love it and then there's going to be just a, like a big boss fight and whatever but it's like you can do anything it's fantastic so this like it's, See, so it's just cool next time when we're walking in a, with a group of people and i'm talking about this is going to be our D formation when we're walking <laughs> now you'll have an idea when i'm talking about because sometimes <laughs> when we're walking like i always just set it up okay there's one person there there's in the row of two then there's a row of three then there's two back here i'm like yeah. this is going to be our D formation <laughs> oh my god and everyone's looking at me like what are you talking about dude? yeah as i'm the guy it's in marching order <laughs> gotta have marching orders and then if something attacks you you know who gets hit first exactly <laughs> Right on. This has been fun. This has been fun. Thanks for coming by. This has been good. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cool. You guys have been listening to two massage therapists and a microphone. Peace.